Hi, I'm Christopher Priest. I'm the writer of Deathstroke for DC Comics, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> a good one that was strong yeah very um, nice i don't you know based on what they heard from sunday i, I figured they might need a little bit of a kick oh my god right for the it nuts was good. i can't believe it was, it. there was no nuts he, listen i listened i'm i didn't i didn't finish the episode yet I, I i got up to and i'll you know when we talk about the comics i'll, I'll um we're fine, but no, it was it was you know I, I the emphasis was on the who was the, it was yes he hyphenated it, it was it he does it, it lets you know you know it, it it let everybody know right Vince and I whenever whenever Jason isn't here uh, you know Vince and I kind of play around a little bit and then it, it, as if Jason's just been really quiet and then we eventually let everybody know uh-huh. that Jason isn't here you when when I'm not here. And and Jason does the woohoo. It, it lets everybody know right off the bat it's going to be a great episode. Daph's not around, so we're going to just have a good old time. And oh my and goodness, no problems. Here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I I intentionally attempt to do a very uninspired woohoo because I feel like it would be an affront to the skills of your woohooness if I tried <laughs> to mimic it. I do appreciate that, and that's probably I I, I was thinking about it when when I heard it. I'm like it's it's weird that you know Vince nor I ever try to say that we're somebody we're not during the mm. intro because True. that's your thing. Yeah, we don't front. <laughs> well, the producer made me do the woohoo. Yes, he I'm did. Not, well, yes, did. that's. I mean, it, it, no, regardless of it's like the Krusty Bunkers. No matter who is in the show, on the show, the woohoo needs to be done. And and even though, you know, I was very surprised way back when that I was asked to do it again the following week because I thought Vince recorded it and he was just going to tack it on. Um, it's 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 a stamp and, and it's it's there and, and it needs to be done regardless of who's making up the hosts of the episode. We have done this show for 11 years. And every woohoo is unique to that episode. I could have you like do a fingerprint. A, I could have you do the perfect woohoo and just keep dropping it in every week effortlessly, but that's not the way we do things here. Right. Nah, we don't we keep it one hundred. Yeah. That's right. Like you could do a bottle DCBS preview too and you don't. Of course I can, but that's lame. That is lame. I that, lo- that, that, that's hella lame. I like the flubs and the fluffs and the stutters and the farts. I mean, it, it just adds some veracity to or, or some authenticity to the to the audio, I think. That's why we don't – there's nothing canned here. There's only one thing canned that, yep. I, that I keep reusing. The heat? And, no. <laughs> although I do appreciate you uh, bringing up some good music. Um, I always use the Haas sound effect. When we go into or out of an interview, that mm-hmm. that that is yeah. that's yeah, canned, yeah. and I and it's a tradition, and I use it all the time. Yes, you do. Yeah, and you know what else is tradition? This thing this we do every couple of days, it seems. <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, it's eleven o'clock comics episode five hundred ninety four, and I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. It is so good to hear your voice in real time, and I am David A. Price. Sexy bitch.
And I am one of America's most beloved TV hosts oh. going through a tough time right now. Who is Alex Trebek? Mm. I am so glad I didn't go off on something that would have made this extremely uncomfortable and in poor taste. So, Wow. Usually that's my gig. It is. It is. And, and it had to do with... I'll, no, it was just... It would have... In, in light of Jason's introduction, it would have been in very poor taste. So, oh, okay. I'm, I'm stepping all over Vince now. Because yes. Vince has to say who you really are. You're not stepping over me. You're not Alex Trebek, although I respect him about a quarter less than I do you. So I respect you more, oh, but okay, I, I, I do, right. I do well, respect... Well, that's because of the Canadian conversion. I, <laughs> I do respect <laughs> Alex Trebek, but you're Jason Wood, everybody. What up, doe? Say, Vince, I would like inexpensive comic books for 200 <laughs> I'll, I'll take inexpensive comic books for 200 What is... Discount comic book service. Yes. Oh, DCBService.com is the place to go if you want inexpensive comic books and get them delivered right to your door. It's effortless. The list of specials, rejoice y'all, has been posted and they are many. But I have, I have selected three of the, the, the notable. it up. Notables or potent potables. But these are the notables for the month uh, from Marvel. It is the Avengers No Road Home trade paperback. Yes, they're soliciting it already. It collects Avengers No Road Home 1 to 10, written by Al Ewing and Mark Wade and um, others. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim the, Sub. The, uh, before, I, I just wanted to make sure, because I saw it in the previews, we didn't miss the hardcover, right? Because I have the hardcover on my shelf, and I didn't want to, of, of No Surrender, and I wanted to make sure that... We did um, not. No. Okay. And, well, and, and now I'm worried because of what Jason said a couple weeks ago that they're scaling back on hardcovers. Now, th that would be really stupid if they didn't do a hardcover for this. I'm cool with waiting a little bit for it. But I, I got to tell you, out. I don't. I mean, Marvel does almost no hardcovers anymore unless they're full on. The only hardcovers they're really doing now are. They're um, still on the boost. Well, the omnibus or, or whatever, I forget what they call, but like when they're the collecting masterworks, yeah, entire runs of stuff, like yeah, the masterworks. Like I'm really surprised the Aaron stuff, the Jason Aaron, the Jason Aaron Thor stuff is 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 starting off in trade paperback, which surprises me somewhat. You know, yeah. you're going to get an omnibus of that. Come on, you're oh, going to yeah, that's going to be a slipcase omnibus. I mean, he's been he's been working on it for what eight years now, so I mean, it's it's. It feels like it, but it's, but, it's 80 issues. While so we're far. on the subject, DC did another bait and switch, with, which pissed me off to no end. Oh, shit. Last month, Detective Comics 1000. Yep. Or the month before, whatever the case, was solicited. And now they're doing a hardcover version of Detective yes. Comics. Like, yeah. But it has 160 pages. So right. I and know there's a new story in it, but it's not a 60-page story. Like, What else is in this thing? It's really confusing because uh, I don't even think we talked about this on the show, but, um, you know, the, the trade paperback for Mr. Miracle came out and uh, it was getting pushed hard. I mean, it was marketed like crazy. Tom was talking about it on social media every day. DC really pushed the trade. Um, and I ordered the trade because Same. there was no hardcover. And then we find out after the trade is in my hands Oh, by the way, they're going to put out a hardcover that they just they just announced, and and that man that 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 that's that chaps my ass. It really does. Chaps um, your yap. 
<laughs> but uh, but I don't. You know, Marvel hasn't pulled those shenanigans though. <laughs> He's so amused with that, that shit. Chaps, my yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, but but uh, Marvel Marvel hasn't pulled those shenanigans. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm with Dap. I I, I I'm I'm bummed because I, I assume there will not be a hardcover of No Road Home at this yeah. point. Well, in that case, I mean, I'm not I'm not going I'm not ordering the trade because it's a trade. It's it's not going away. So I'll be able to get it if in within six months time they don't do a hardcover. Right. Um, yes. Then it, but then I'll worry about it. But but you will not get it for the DCBService.com price of fifty percent off. The twenty nine ninety nine cover price. DCBS is offering it for fourteen ninety nine. Do the math. Ten issues, fourteen ninety nine. You're paying a buck and a half an issue. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's some damn good uh, pricing. Uh, from DC, yes, I'm including a DC spotlight because Capullo and Snyder are back at it with Batman. <laughs> this is called Batman Last Night on Earth. That's K-N-I-G-H-T. Number one of three. It's a prestige format miniseries. Under what imprint? Of the black label imprint. Here's the rub. Bruce Wayne wakes up in Arkham Asylum, young, sane, and, ellipsis, he has never been Batman. So begins the sprawling tale of the Dark Knight as he embarks on a quest through a devastated DC landscape featuring a massive cast of familiar faces from the DC universe. As he tries to piece together the mystery of his past, he must unravel the cause of his terrible future and track down the unspeakable force that destroyed the world as he knew it. And he's walking around with the Joker's head in a freaking cage. It's true. What? So, this is cover price five ninety nine. but you are super smart what? and savvy. You can bring this puppy home for $2.99. And last, but certainly not least in my book, I'm going to talk a little bit more, more about this later when I tell you about something I read. This is coming from Kevin Eastman Studios. It's called Drawing Blood, Sp- yeah. Spilled Ink, number one of four. Kevin Eastman, if I have to tell you who that is, you have not been paying attention, uh, returns to independent comics with a new creation, an inside look at the turbulent life and times of a once successful cartoonist on the skids. Shane Books Bookman, once upon a time, Books co-created the radically rearranged Ronin Ragdolls, a gritty, funny indie comic that became a billion-dollar global franchise. Now, mm-hmm. years later, the partnership dissolved. Ding. The corporate buyout all spent. Ding. Books is struggling to recover from the hit-and-run driver called Early Success. So Kevin Eastman is definitely writing what he knows. He's lived this. Art mm-hmm. imitates life, imitates art. And uh, to make it even better, you can also buy the facsimile edition of the radically rearranged Ronin ragdolls. So there's two books offered this month. The first issue of this Drawing Blood, which is three ninety nine cover price, you can has it for two dollars and nineteen cents. And the facsimile edition of the nineteen ninety three, I believe they're tagging the date, um, radically rearranged Ronin ragdolls is available as well. I have ordered both. And yes, I will it, be. And it, to get specific, I got the Freddie Williams cover because it course is you did. gorgeous. But the course. Um, I'm not sure which version I'm getting yet. It's it's on. I'm going to make my 
previous picks video, hopefully tomorrow evening, and I'll probably do a rare double feature with it um, because my DCBX DCBS box arrived today, still sitting next to me unopened. So I'll probably do the reveal in the same video. Oh, I, I love that. that you use reveal; it's great. <laughs> uh, DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books personally delivered by a costumed custodian of whatever delivery service is coming to your door. They're not they're not going to be dressed like Superman, but they will be uniformed. And ding dong, sir, your books are here, or madam. It, it's not. There's nothing is easier than this. DCBService.com. Go there. Be square. Yep. Long-winded DCPS spot this week, but I That's wanted to just, really spot. We were all these involved specials. in it. Yeah, I like those. You know, we we all contributed to to, to the spot. Yes, this sir. Time you are correct, sir. What are we drinking? Well, let's start with you. Yeah, water. Go ahead. Get that away. Yeah. Water. HTO, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> what you drinking, Jason? I'm drinking a beer that is built to please all the senses. The road less traveled, two roads, old factory, dry hopped Pilsner. Oof. Why the oof? Yeah, I, I, I can, because I, I feel Pilsners like you feel IPAs. Yeah, because it's because because the paler it is, the 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 more, the more allergic Vince is. To yes, it. yes. Well, it's okay, Vincenzo. It's uh, I'm not even drink it. So, you know, t- talking considering over he's attracted shit. to our pale asses, I'm really surprised at that. But anyway, all right. Um, I uh, I needed something that I didn't have in the house. So I picked up a bottle last night, um, raised the glass. And then tonight, uh, before Vince grabbed me, I was talking to, um, one of our very near and dears who we will finally meet face to face in, well, hell two weeks. Um, yep. Caleb weeks from tonight. Uh, Caleb, Alexander McKenzie and I were, uh, chatting for a little bit. So we, um, we each, uh, had a toast and that is what, basically what I toasted with was, uh, Buffalo Trace Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Cause it does not feel like a wine night tonight. It doesn't feel like a wine week, but yeah, that's, that's, that is my drink for the night. Although I will be following that up with some seltzer soon because I can only have so much and still be somewhat coherent. We don't want you coherent. That's true. So maybe, maybe, maybe I will finish the bottle. We'll see. There you go. Well, I'm raising my glass as well to uh, to your girl. Thanks, Bill. How's uh, how's your lovely wife handling all of it? Uh, not so good. That's, that's, yeah, no. Surprisingly, I might, I might actually be this. Yeah, yeah, very much so. All right, I'm gonna so. hit her up tomorrow. Okay, I right. appreciate that. All right. Uh, what do we have for thank yous? Oh, I have one. Please do. Well, then hit us up. Just today, I sauntered, as I am wont to do, over to the mailbox, and there was a box sticking out of it. little cube. And I was like, I don't remember ordering anything. Mm-hmm. And inside the cube was a Eagle Moss figure. Mm, really? Yes. Um, from uh, the Doctor Who series. And... Uh, the stop the sender knows me so well because it is from the perch we run which is 
in my estimation, the absolute best Doctor Who ever got was nice. the John Pertwee run. This is from the Three Doctors episodes. It's the Gel Guard, and it is phenomenal. And you know Eagle Moss, they do great figures. But more, oh, importantly, more importantly, it was sent to me by Mr. Rod Hedrick. Yeah. And it's amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. He said, uh, here's a little something from Dr. Hukon in L.A. I would kill yep. to go to Dr. Hukon in yes. L.A. And uh, he says, I hope you like it. I don't like it. I freaking love it. And it's going, <laughs> I do. And I, if, if I had my druthers, I would get all the figures from the Pertwee run. Because like I said. It How did, many are there? Well, you got to. How many think there are? Oh, the Pertwee Per Twee run was a creature palooza. It seems like there were more aliens in his run than, and I, I may just be viewing his run with candy colored glasses, but it just seems like it was uh, like creature of, of the, the week. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the actors who played the doctor or may just know that there have been 13, what number is Per Twee? Four. That's what I, yeah. I um yeah right four because it's do you count Cushing as the first doctor? No, no, I I, I count the, the the old man the first one what was whose name I'm blanking on. So Hartnell. Me. Yes, yeah that that's who I consider the first. Well then, well, first, was, did, did did they retcon Cushing in there? Well, somewhere? No, I sometimes well he was the first, right? Cushing was the first doctor. Are you, gonna... you go look for it. I'm telling you, Cushing was Peter Cushing played the Doctor first. I'm almost certain in the very first episode. Like, no, it was a thing that was that's before. What I'm saying. So they like either they retconned or it was the radio drama or something. But no, I wouldn't. It's I wouldn't not consider radio. Cushing that to be the, I'm saying like, it, yeah. But so um, you do your thank yous. I'm gonna go suss this out. Okay, suss it out. Well, then I'll just I'll, I'll segue right into it then. It, um, of uh of my couple few thank yous um i'll start it off like vince i also received a very awesome eagle moss figure also from rod who um who i think i i don't i maybe missed he's probably had he's probably gone to galley um maybe 10 or a dozen times like he's this is his thing he's done panels he's he's uh I love him for it, and uh, so he's my he's my go to guy when I need to know anything about about the series. Uh, he has um, listeners. No, he, he's hooked me up with some some of the audio dramas. Um, so we definitely share that. And he uh, he sent me an Eagle Moss figure. And at first, when I saw it, I thought it had I thought it may have been from the Twelfth Doctor series um, during the penultimate episode where um before the christmas episode where 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 he then changed at the end he regenerated at the end of it because it's um it's it's number it's it's an eagle moss figure number 53 from the second doctor run um from the moon base episode it is a cyberman and the oh. reason why i thought this may have been um the uh from the 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 twelfth doctor series is because um it looks 
I, I guess what Moffitt and company decided to do when they were creating when when Bill Potts was turned into a Cyberman, uh, the outfit in this figure looks very much like um, what her Cyberman was was uh, appeared as. So um, all this is telling me is that, as with all good things, you, you you tend to borrow from the past and 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 pay homage to it, and and that's. I'm guessing that's what they did here. Now, now Rod can tell me if 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 I'm mistaken or if they they from time because I do know the Cybermen from you know the the tenth and the eleventh Doctors and 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 how they've kind of changed over the years. So maybe when Capaldi was around, it was 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 the Doctor, and they tried to 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 go back to the way it was. It, it's it's Doctor Who. People have fun with things. In any case. Thank you so very much, Rod. This is awesome. I cannot wait to uh, get it out of the um, out of the plastic and display it. Um, I was wrong. Ah, uh, Cushing was not uh, the first. Uh, oh okay. damn! Oh wait, wait. So then he, he but he did play a doctor. He did, but he played a doctor in two films, which were 1966. So it was after the series had started. So technically. Pertwee is the third. Hartnell, Troughton, Pertwee. Right. Yes. Then okay. Becker. All right. So, all right. So I, 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 had, I had a feeling he was the third. Okay. Um, I also want to thank. Sorry. I'm not near my stuff. I want to thank uh, another great friend of the show and probably whose artwork you will see accompanying this episode. Mr. Daniel White, who was kind enough to send me Twin Cities Freak Out, um, which looks like something straight out of the um, fabulous Freak Brothers. I'm going to read this, Vince, and then I'll bring it to to Jason's in in a couple of weeks so you can read it if you haven't, because it looks nuts. Um, You're nuts. I haven't opened the plastic yet. I, I, when I saw that Daniel had... Um, had it in his uh, his his weekly pickup from from his shop a couple of weeks ago. I, I wanted to. No, I don't even think it was from Midtown. I think he may have just picked it up somewhere else. But in any case, I I, I wanted to read it and um and and he sent me a copy. And this is from um, last week. I did not get a chance to thank Mister Andrew Maxwell. Um, I know he had already sent you guys your um your package. But this is a uh, this is an absolute treasure trove of goodies. There are pins. Uh, this this Aldous Spark hardcover looks absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait um, to get through this month. So so because for lack of a better term, we, we kind of have homework to a degree this month with with some mm-hmm. things we have lined up. So I would need to um, slice away some time so I could read some of these goodies and, and I don't want to, to wait, but I mean, the, 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 the body tales of, of Laszlo Kale just, just looks crazy. There, there's just a lot of good stuff here. Unfortunately, um, I missed out on the whiskey glasses. Uh, so hopefully he'll get those in soon and, and I can, I can get my hands on those, but this, this was just an amazing, um, gift that, that, uh, that he sent, including the posters. It's just been, it, it, it was almost like Christmas in, in February when I got yep, it. But yeah. Yep. Thank you so very much, Andrew. 
I won't say anything because you haven't read it, but I loved um, Aldous Spark. It looks so great. I loved it. Yep. And I was flipping through it. There's just and it and and it doesn't look like a, a a quick and easy read. There's so much for your eyes to just linger yeah. on. It it looks fantastic. I can't wait to read it. Yep. Very nice. Um, I have thank yous, but not from the folks you threw out. At least I don't think. Um, and it's well, the first thank you is a thank you from all of us, which is to uh, one of my favorite. Uh, artists, particularly when it comes to the con scene, Mr. Eric Kennedy. Uh, Eric was very kind enough to uh, to do a totally impromptu and unexpected shout out of our lovely show on the Twitters this week. Um, He's a good and, man. And by proxy, we also owe a thank you to Mr. John Ammer, who is our buddy, and uh, John turned Eric onto the show. And uh, I guess Eric began listening to it and enjoyed it enough that he uh, gave us a, a shout out. Cool. So much, much love for him to do that. Um, my other thank you is an odd one because it's not even comic related, but honestly, I don't generally just get gifts sent to me from anyone that isn't a listener of the show. Uh, I received a box this week with no, no return address. It was directly from the vendor of the item and no letter, no, no card attached. So it's a bit of a mystery. Uh, but it was an awesome gift and incredibly thoughtful. It is four slate um, coasters, and on each coaster is the diagram of a different Eagles football play of significance. <laughs> That's so, like, awesome. There's one from the Super Bowl, just just big big plays from the history of the team, which is just such a wonderful gift, perfectly up my alley. And it has to be someone that knows me really well. And uh, I hope whoever sent it to me is listening to the show and can please reach out and let me know that it was you so I can give you a proper thank you because it is fantastic. And I wish I could be specific as to who sent it. But either way, I love it. So That's thank you. Great gift. Yeah, it really is. Touching even. For Klempt. Right. You should be. That is great. Yeah. Yes. I know what football plays are. X's and O's, baby. That's right. Yeah. All right, Elk. Yeah, Elk King. Your daddy's what a say, weirdo. Vince. What? It's about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. Okay. Hey. Yes. Hey, are we going to talk about, we have any other things to get through um, before we talk about the comics proper? Well, we should say that um, we we, th- this is a, a bit of an, an off-script episode, and as much as some episodes are scripted, I guess. No, I guess there never are. But um, we we were expecting to have a guest this week. True. Uh, the guest had to reschedule. So we still fully expect to have this guest, and we were very excited about this guest. Um, so a, fingers crossed that uh, – Yeah, fingers crossed that uh, it happens very soon while the – striking while the iron's hot. But uh, either way, um, this is now morphed into a – regular episode and i know for many people listening uh raf yes most of all raf listening this is probably good news he's he very much doesn't like when we have uh guests on so he might like this guest though i don't know oh no i don't think in particular he likes this guest at all in fact i think oh really at all no i think particularly it's a guest he very much is not a fan oh okay yeah because well yeah anyway um but uh yeah so um well first um just off the top of my head, the uh, 
not 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 to linger on last week's episode too long since I didn't finish it yet. You have but, homework though. Um, I did have homework, yes, and and I could definitely sprinkle that in mm-hmm. throughout the episode. Um, or I can just do a shotgun. But to to um, to Vince's point, no, the annual isn't necessarily something that needs to be read, but I consider it something akin to Untold Tales of Spider Man, where you obviously know that these things happened in peter's life or in 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 spider-man's life um it doesn't break new ground but considering it's from the point of view of the symbiote um and it's it's i don't think i don't recall whether i read web of or um any of the black suit issues um i don't recall peter going out and fighting crime while he's sleeping oh yeah so the 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 way that uh Saladin went for this story. Um you know, because yes, we, we find out as 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 you said at the end of the towards the end of the annual at the end of the issue, uh Reed lets Peter know what's really happening with this and, and we need to um so between that last page with the look, if you want to say on on the face of the alien, um and the the phrasing it's it 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 almost humanized the this which i guess and i'm not current on on donnie's current run of venom so i don't know if that's just something that they're really trying to do i i know that i think a couple weeks ago that that there was some brouhaha online about um what donnie's doing between the relationship with with how Donnie's handling the relationship between Eddie and the symbiote, and um, it it makes me want to hurry up and and catch up and and read it. But I just I would a I wanted you to read a Spidey book, but um, yeah, I get it. And 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 I just but yeah, I mean yes, it doesn't. It it's not like you need this for your collection. But it's still an era that 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 I think you're a fan of. Yeah, and, it's a sweet spot, uh, right? So it's just it's it's. But no, by but but I but yeah, I absolutely looked at it as as one of those untold tales type stories where you know you were just you were kind of squeezing between panels and and this is what what yeah. you get out of it. And as far as the William Gibson's Alien Three, um, it's weird. I know that whenever we tend to because this goes back to um, I had to choose for Jason and Chris to read books because they had a wager. Um, and I don't know why you think that I would use that as an opportunity to, in air quotes, force you to read something that you may not jibe with. I, I never look at these. I, I never look at these opportunities as as a way to um stick it to anyone i i still want i because no but like you gave me the star trek the one time which again wasn't right and i was know something you never, that you knew i wouldn't read probably on my own but you thought right. i would enjoy it yes um i'm the one that does it with hatred exactly yeah and, and you my, are, it's my job either. <laughs> it's it's um but but although i think I think Vince would think that jason hated me with the one he picked for me last week but the um it, it's yeah no I and 
A, I wanted you to read it because the patrons on the Slack channel, there are a few of us who are are, are reading it, and I wanted um, you to kind of get in on, on on that fun times we're having. Right, and, and, nice. and, and Vince and I are reading it, so... Um, yeah, I just I, I kind of just wanted to to nudge you into into catching up, but yep. but I know you're a fan of the franchise, and I figured mm-hmm. you know might as well get you to read it now instead of waiting for for that hardcover that's solicited this month. This month, yeah, I just ordered it. Well, now, wait, you well, ordered the Alien Three hardcover? I did. Wow the the shape changing aliens a game aliens a game breaker with me. They're, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to bring because because I know Dap says he's not finished with the episode, but um, I really liked the first issue. And then I said, as I was ex- describing through the fourth issue, when I got to the point of the, uh, of the alien that looked like a human until it shed its skin, Vince was like, I'm out. I'm finished. It's really? Bu- it's bullshit. It's, it's complete and utter bullshit. So you're more offended at that than what they did in the actual movie. It's on the same level. Yeah. Okay. Where where they So they, either way, either way you would have walked away. At right, the that's what I was break. saying. I say Alien 3 is cursed. Like okay. e- e- the thing that they filmed this um rejected screenplay by one of the greatest science fiction writers of all time, the 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 progenitor of cyberpunk in in a sense just hocked up a loogie. Like why would you make the aliens shape changers that could mimic they don't need it. It's 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 totally unnecessary. And it's it's just outlandish, really. But you don't think that it it's somehow and granted, I mean, this was written however many years ago. Sure. And then and, and Prometheus comes out and um the engineers are kind of you know, the, the xenomorphs are, are kind of spin out of, spin off of, are 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 mutated from the engineer. How is that how is what Gibson did? However many years ago, or re- or visualized by Johnny Christmas, how is that different than what Prometheus gave us? Because he's adding an unnecessary layer to it. These things can exist in horrendous conditions. They're the ultimate fighting machine because they don't concern themselves with. They have no no morals. No, they, they will destroy you. They they have their jaw extends to rip out your your essence. All they right. all they exist to do is to kill and make way for the facehuggers to breed. Right? Mm-hmm. Their blood is acid. What the frig else do you need? Why why would you make them shape shifters? It's it's just silly. It's to to give them a sense of independent thought is wrong. All they do is they follow the queen. Yeah, no, that's the, and, and, and I'm, I think I'm leaning. I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, I'll read the fifth issue when it comes out and, and see how it, how it plays out. But yes, reading that part into the fourth issue and, and to have, have the one, the one doctor, you know, be smart enough to basically commit suicide to, it, it was it, it definitely it it skewed it a bit i yeah, I, I wasn't I, in love with that i consider the drones to be akin to armor piercing bullets right mm-hmm. do you need to make the armor piercing bullet invisible <laughs> it's it, it, you know it's <laughs> going nice to it's, it's going to get you it it can penetrate impossibly thick shielding mm-hmm. but now we're going to make it invisible. It just seems re- 
re- extraneous, like redundant. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I am hating on it. It's just, I, and, and there's something about the third step in the Alien movies that has been <laughs> cursed from Jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, I'm not poo-pooing anybody who enjoys it and thinks it's necessary. More power to you. It just doesn't work for me. I mean, it's not necessarily canon, right? Because no, obviously they, no. they went through. No, that's right. So it's 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 a it's almost like an Alien Hills Worlds, but it's it's I, I it's weird. I and and again, even though I mean Ripley's pretty much non-existent, at least in the four issues we've read so far. Yeah, and and all all I'm really happy about is that at least as of the fourth issue, that Newt is still alive and, and Hicks is there. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, so, so, so everything I enjoy about, I don't want what I'm enjoying about it be marred by a misstep with, with, with an, a, a shape changing alien. And, mm-hmm. and Wait, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen, but it's, y- you it's, are David A. Price, right? Yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just checking because this doesn't sound like you. I, you have, but, you have, Parted ways with series over far less than this. You know what I'm saying? It's, but it's it's five issues. I have a, I no, can't, no, 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 no. I'm talking give, about Miller and Hitch's Fantastic Four here. It's yeah. it's it's. We it, could probably it, spend an hour going through mini series that you have started and have never finished. Mini series, though. I mean, really? Yeah, dog. This yeah. doesn't sound like my death stroke. This mini series sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. I mean, dude, if I'm sticking with the quarterly fucking doomsday clock, I mean, come on, it's it's. Is that it's... any good? <laughs> I can't tell you. No, I, I'm I'm the ninth issue. I'm, I'm sorry. I I I'm about to just. I to 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 your guys' points. I'm about to walk away with this ninth issue. Really? It's, wow. I, well, here's the it's... here's the thing, dude. Like, I know that. Listen, I know that, we, and we've probably made the counter argument I'm about to make, which is that. Um, you know, let's let the story come out on its own time, keep the team intact, just tell a great story. But I I don't think it holds water with things like this because this was supposed to be the marquee tentpole book of the DC universe. And it when it comes out as infrequently as it does, I don't care who you are, it is impossible for it to feel as significant or potent as it would otherwise. Sure, sure. It's just impossible to. But there was something that was revealed from the last issue, or the most recent issue. I think I've only read through four, so... I won't say it, but I find it intriguing that... Okay, it just intrigued me to the point where I want to get back on the series now. Mm -hmm. Where the whole comedian's not dead bullshit... Um, that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, as it did okay. as it did a lot of people. But the revelation from the most recent issue, I was like, "Oh, well, that would be cool if that's true." Mm-hmm. And and so maybe I'll get back on it, um, regardless of the whatever I think. It sure is a beautiful looking book, though. It is. It's it's absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I I don't know if I can. I don't want to say it's Frank's best work, but no, he is. He's he's definitely putting a lot of love on these pages. And um, the ninth issue is probably the ninth issue is is probably what everybody who wanted Watchmen 
in the DC universe to be. It's, right. It's, That's what I was thinking as well. It is a. It's. 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 It's a. There was. There was one. There was a couple of panels that I absolutely adored, and I. I I'm trying to see if. Um, if. I'm trying to look at Manhattan's face as when this character shows up to see if if um if there was um any sort of of recognition but it's there were things in this ninth issue that really just kind of it's we know we know Jeff Johns is a mark for the silver age. He loves these characters and, and, and yes, the JSA as well, but, but, you know, he brought back Hal Jordan and, and he, he, he also brought back Barry Allen and, and he, Mm -hmm. he knows that era. And, and I respect somebody who, you know, basically grew up enjoying the same comics that I did and wants to see those characters continue. Um, so you know, I, I I I'm always interested in what in what Johns is going to do, and and you know, yes, even though this is you know the desecrating the the Watchmen legacy, and if you want to say that, it it's it's and it it this this also spun out of the rebirth one shot, and it was and like you said, Jason, you know, this was supposed to be, and and I guess where wherever this ends up is where the DC universe is supposed to be, which is why, um, you know, even though this started before Bendis started working at DC, that version of Superman, things are going to be a little confusing. And, and, the, and the relationship between Clark and Lois and, and Lex is weird because, you know, if this is the same Batman that Tom King is writing, and this was the same Superman that at the time Tomasi was writing, um, you know, things are just a little, out of whack that we're all we're all comfortable with whatever Coates is doing in Captain America is happening somewhere around the same time with whatever Jason Hour is doing in Avengers and and as far as Captain America and Black Panther go and and we're we're fine with that you know X-Men characters can be in 18 comic books every month and and it all works out and you know so so just the fact that you know, Green Arrow and Wonder Woman and Hawkman and all these characters are in Doomsday Clock. Whatever's happening in, in their own books right now, you don't have to worry about that. Just to treat this as a standalone thing. But even within that, there are things happening in here that I just kind of scratch my head about. Like, like there, there's a character who... I don't remember the last time firestorm was a big deal in the DC universe and especially the Ronnie Raymond professor Stein version. And he's, he's not necessarily front and center, but he is a big part of the past few issues. And, um, this does not feel like the, the Conway firestorm and, and then, or the, even the, the the Justice League version, when 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 Conway was writing that book, there there are just certain things about this that that I thought there were some really cool scenes at the start, I mean, and then the first few pages are completely silent because all our heroes are are flying towards Mars, and um, and it's 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 great to see 
Frank draw all these characters, even though everybody's kind of just sitting in ships and no one's talking. And, um, and then we all have to get to Mars because that's where Dr. Manhattan is. And there's a huge fight and, and, and it's, it should be a very, very intense and I don't want to say special, but, but, but a very spectacular issue. And, and I guess it is, especially visually, but I still, it's still a series that is, I definitely feel the delay between issues isn't helping. And, and, but that can't be helped. Fine. So be it. You can always go back and reread the issues you have. I, I get that. But it's when I think back about like the issues with Johnny Thunder and, and the Nathaniel Dusk TV show and things. And I'm like, I'm wondering if, if, if when is that going to, what did I miss that made those scenes so important and and did this really need to be 12 issues and they're just i have quite i have more questions that aren't necessarily related to the story going on it's more about this the 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 process of it all and 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 i just i find it very hard for me to read an issue and just appreciate the the words and pictures i've just consumed on their own and 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 that's not fair and and i realize that and i and it's just i don't know when it's when it's completed when all 12 issues are out if i'm going to sit down and and i don't know when i'm going to want to read reread the 12 issues and try to get a a cohesive coherent story well it's a very deliberately paced nuanced story from the issues that i've read and no one can be expected to retain everything the creative team has done in the past with the new issue if there's a four-month gap precisely between two right. you know it's right. just That's it, precisely it, right. it, it's it's an outlandish expectation on your readers mm-hmm. to you could be a virtuoso if you haven't heard the piece in four months you're not going to remember specifically the 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 extent to which the piece is magnificent, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. when you hear it again, you'll be like, "Oh, this! I, I get it now. This was this this part is 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 magnificent, it, which segs into this part and blah blah blah." But when you have it all in one shot, then that's going to be the deciding factor. Did they? Did Jeff Johns and Gary Frank make good on the claim that you know, or at least are they doing the Watchmen legacy an honor with this series or a detriment? Mm-hmm. You're not. We're not going to know until it's all done, right? Sure. But Firestorm should be the molecule man of the DC universe. He should be as as you know feared as as the molecule man because the powers are pretty much in the same ballpark, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, it was said that the molecule man is one of, if not you know, the top tier of of powers. He's a, he's an omega level, and Firestorm yeah. should be the same thing in the DC universe, and he has been in the past, right? I just can't yes. remember. Um, what story it was, but Firestorm was like super big deal, like godlike. Yeah, he should be instrumental, and and I mean he he should be like a one man Justice League. But the there's there's a page here where we get a reveal, and whether or not that's um, Doctor Manhattan fucking with him, or if this is that's something probably. that really happened. Sorry, that that we really never witnessed because Ronnie never opened the door um, is I don't 
something like that seems to be a change just to be just for change's sake and 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 that I don't think it's really necessary and and again maybe it'll all make sense when the last three issues come out and 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 you know in 2023 but there are just certain things where you can you 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 read along and everything's like, oh, this is cool. And it seemed to be, you know, talk about a sass mouth. This seemed to be the, if you ever wanted to constantly read Guy Gardner saying the word shit, this is the issue for you. <laughs> because of all the Green Lanterns to curse, you know it's going to be him. And all he ever says is shit in this mm-hmm. issue. And it's, it's for emphasis and that's cool and that's great. And this is, you know, and this is that this is a immature reader's title, if you want to call it that. But there's, there's just, this issue, you know, I, and again, yeah, I, 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 I agree with Vince about the whole comedian thing, and and then I, I enjoyed the um, the origin of of this Rorschach, and and you know, then we had the the issue where we get the backstory with 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 the marionette and the mime, and and you know, so so. But when I think back on those issues, and again, this this is emphasized because of the delay between issues. I'm wondering if those little backstory, if like, if, if you just, nobody knows, nobody can tell the future and say, Oh, I, I know things are going to be late. And so, so maybe we should just do this in four issues and, and be done with it. And this way everybody will have read it. And, and that's, that's takes away the whole mystique of, of the watchmen are, but it's when I think back of, of those side stories, I don't want to say it gets me angry, but it 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 doesn't help for when I when I go to sit down and enjoy this because I I think of all the basically I think of all the time wasted and and again by the time the twelfth issue is out and all is said and done they're pro- they, they, I don't think Johns is is trying to waste anybody's time with this story he's he's every you already said it, Vince. It, it's deliberate and and yes everything is going to make sense between you know Saturn Girl being in here and and and. Again, Johnny Thunder and and all these little things here and there are going to make sense when everything is done. But because of the delay and because they're releasing it in single issues and we get to read it as such, it 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 taints the whole thing overall for me right now. So it's it's I can I can look at this art and say it's fantastic art and this was a cool issue that Jeff Johns wrote. But when I think about it in 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 conjunction with the previous eight issues, I don't know. It's not as great as it could be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Well, it's the nature of the beast. Yep. If you, if you going to produce a work of art in 12 slices, you got to expect that there's going to be some attrition because, and do we did they really need to be Reed Richards to tell that Gary Frank wasn't going to be able to keep up the schedule? Like, no, I know. You I know, know the guy's not but super but, speedy. But Rebirth came out how many how long ago? And you would I don't think this was something that. And then you had the button the 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 crossover with Batman and Flash. I don't think this was something that Johns and company decided to say. Hey, you know, let's go ahead and do this. This is something that had to have been right thought about well enough in advance right, where, right. where but everybody should have had time. You got to imagine that within the DC offices, there's people saying like, what was the plan with this doomsday right. clock thing? Like, do you even remember? Like, 
it's been so long ago. Remind me of what you wanted to do with this because right. memory fades, right? It's just yep. a, it's unfortunate. It it could be a seminal work. I'm just I'm giving Johns and company the benefit of the doubt. It could mm-hmm. be a landmark, groundbreaking work, and we're not going to know it until after the last issue ships, and and we can we can digest the entire thing in one right one it's facts. Yeah, there was something you mentioned, Vince, that I was absolutely i don't know if it was i don't, I don't think it was during it i don't, I don't want us to sidetrack it, it was just it was i had to chuckle because oh it was uh, when you guys were going on about the um when you guys were talking about the marvel previews and and how war of the realms is is tying into everything Oof, and yeah it's it's you know and I'm, I, we're not going to regurgitate that but it i had to chuckle because you mentioned how you know you may you, you might want to read the main War of the Realm series. And of course, if you're already in Thor, then yes, that's part of it. But, you know, if you don't want to read the Uncanny X-Men or some of these Strike Force books, you know, but you'll still feel like you're missing something. And this is the same man who read the Metal miniseries and found everything he needed yeah. in those six issues. When obviously the Batman Who Laughs was spun out of something else and all these other little one-shots told the bigger picture and and you know but it was just it was all i thought about was how because it was it was it was capullo mm-hmm. drawing it that it was it was it was it's much easier to i guess accept that or just or or, or go with the flow with metal than it is with something like war of the realms because even though metal war of the realms obviously is is a big deal and 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 Aaron is, it's supposed to, I guess, affect the entire Marvel universe. Whereas Metal was, was you know, it's not like Snyder was overtaking Batman for these six months. And, and it, it was all, you, you could just read the Metal stuff on its own because everything would have been marked as such. I don't, I think maybe the Titans, there were a couple of titles that may have had a, a, a Metal tie-in banner on the cover but for the most part if you just want to read metal you were all you were able to tell what was pertaining to metal but again it was just i i was amused by uh, metal gets a pass and and that's fine and all well and good but war the realms i'm afraid i'm going to miss something if i don't read this venom appearance or find out what punisher has to do with it yeah, but what I did say at the end of that sentence was, based on the creative teams, I'll decide whether I want to read them or not. Because, oh, absolutely. Because yeah, it's, not, it's, for me, it's, it's visual-based. You can have the most crucial tie-in. And I'm looking at some of these teams. And, I'm and, like, I don't, a, and if it, the art isn't there, I'm not going to read it. And it, it that goes for Metal, too. Like, the one of the best characters from Metal, Batman Who Laughs, now has a miniseries out there, yeah. and after the first issue, I ain't touching it with a with a, a, a five foot pole because I'm not. You know, I don't think Jock is doing good work on it. I think it looks right. terrible, and so I won't read it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's all based on the visuals for me. And if if um, the the key that opens the door is Capullo, you've won me over already. Sure, right. that's what I'm saying. You know, sure. So comics. Let's find new stuff. Yes, please. Jason. Yes, sir. Your turn. I got something, and it's a nice bit of serendipity. It is from Dark Horse Comics. It is called Astro Hustle. 
mm. issue number one. Oh my god. Written by Jay Nitz. Is it Jai or Jay? Jai. I think it's Jai. Really? Jai Nitz. Uh, with art by our new BFF, Mr. Tom Riley. Yes. Um, so I had already planned on reading this book because the solicit and the cover looked cool. And then uh, completely because it wasn't I, – I didn't pay any attention really to who the artist was at the time. Uh, then in our ongoing, never-ending art hustle for C2E2 – are. We came across a gentleman named Tom well, Riley. Okay, no, no. So, so, so for for clarification purposes, when when Jason says "R," he doesn't mean Vince or I. We're, <laughs> we're, we're talking about our, our North Carolina brothers, who are all well, specifically this time around, Justin, who I think has more pre-show orders than Jason does right now. He does. Um, he's, he's pushing fifty pre-shows. Yes, it's kind of insane. It is. It is. It is. It is. But, but anyway, the but we're, we're always on the hustle. Every day we have a little Slack group where we're talking about art and commissions and stuff. And came across a guy that looked to our eyes like a someone from the school of Somni. He's uh, basically the, the love child of Somni and Greg Smallwood. Very good. That's very fair. Yes, I like that uh, comparison. And long story short, we all hit him up. He did our commissions for C2 2 already super fast and they're beautiful. So we're all geeking out. Didn't you get one too, Dad? I did order one. I don't know if he started it yet. No, right, but I'm saying, but you're in on this one. Yes. Uh, yes but so we were all geeking out about wow, what a find. This guy's great. Blah blah blah. He's gonna be huge. Then I open up the the Astro Hustle book, which as I said, I'd already ordered. And who freaking drew it but the same Tom Riley. So it's very, very cool. It's Kismet. Uh now what is Astro Hustle? Well Basically, it is an it's a sci-fi adventure um, that is conceived as though it were written in the seventies. Meaning, the costumes, the verbiage, the aliens, the spaceships, the space the space stations—they all look like they would have looked if you were tasked with making a sci-fi movie in the seventies. And that is a super awesome uh, – th- that is a great setting for, for my vantage. I, I think that's, that is a visually a fun, a fun place to be, that aesthetic. And uh, the first issue I thought came out strong. It, 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 we basically get a, 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 a prequel or a little setup. And in the setup, we've got a little sapphic – implied sapphic love mm-hmm. and some implied uh, – uh, well, what's the sapphic is lesbian? What's, what what would be what would be like the male version? I guess the opposite of sapphic. You get male and male love. You get male and male love, and you get you get you get female and female love. Everybody's having a good old time. Everyone, exactly. Like Everyone's having a grand time. old time. You've got a a, a, a purple skinned, two eyed uh, male humanoid um, arm in arm with a blue skinned Cree like Cree colored. Uh, uh, Burt Reynolds looking dude who has one eye, a cyclops, and then you've got uh, a blue skinned, antennaed, sexy woman uh, with uh, a Barbarella looking human, and uh, they're getting it on. And there's a robot, and uh, they 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 get word of a of a you know blip on the radar. Turns out to be a ship, and uh, it is a ship that was long thought lost and 
the ship was owned by um, a, a person named Chen Andalou, who is an outlaw of some type. Nice. And, and lo and behold, um, before these these uh, 70s groovy lovers can uh, figure out what's doing, the the robot, the servant robot, kills them. Blows their heads off. And then he reports in, and it turns out that he, this robot happens to be an acolyte of some type of galactic church. And this ship is somehow tied to that church, and it's been something that they have been looking for, specifically Mr. Chen Andalou, for a long time. Turns out 60 years. He's been in stasis for 60 years. And uh, we go from there. He, he's, we don't meet the protagonist of the series, Chen, until, I don't know, what, about halfway through the book? Maybe halfway, two-thirds through the book? Um... And this is a setup issue, but I thought it was a great setup issue. I just I love the aesthetic. Um, I thought Riley's art was awesome. I think the color is awesome. Uh, we've got crank on letters, and uh, by the way, the colorist's name is Ursula Decay, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was great, man. Like it's you know it's 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 of its it's of a certain type. Uh, if if you're into the the Buck Rogers, the Barbarella, that whole that whole vibe you know, the Flash Gordon, then this is going to please you. Um, if that's not your speed, then you probably want to move along. But uh, I really thought it was a strong first issue, a book that uh, I don't know got a lot of a lot of run. Like, I, I pretty much just pre-ordered it because of the strength of the cover art and the color palette. So I'm glad I did, and I think it definitely hit the mark, and I want to hear what y'all thought of it. You do know the connection to Unchan Andalou? If I knew, I probably would have mentioned it too, no. Andalusian Dog. It's a surrealist film. Uh, Salvador Dali and uh, Buñuel. Remember the? You've seen the scene a million times with the woman with the eye held open, and he drags a razor across her eyeball. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's on Chien Andalou. It's a surrealist masterpiece. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, what'd y'all think of it? I thought it was great. Uh, yes, I did. I sure did. I love the look of it, and I, I can't. I don't think I can add too much more to what Jason said. But uh, the visuals are stunning. Yeah, man, it's kinetic as hell, and it's it's. Um, and I also agree with uh, David David's assessment of the uh, the art style. It looks exactly like that. Yeah, it's it's a sci fi romp. There's an air of 2000 AD to it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I was I I was reading this especially once we got past the um the kind of a the, I this this read to me like a straight up heavy metal serial. I I could definitely see mm-hmm. this in 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 continuing it over over the next four issues of of heavy metal. Um, Vintage heavy metal. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, not, 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 not that anything. shit that's coming out now. No, <laughs> no, no, not whatever Dale Morris is doing. But this is, um, no, I, I think the uh, it's there is a lot here. You get introduced with some characters. Don't get too attached to too many people. But there right. are just um, no. I, I think it was absolutely fantastic. I, um, you know, once once we got in touch with Tom and and commissioned him, and then I saw his. Um, his Twitter timeline where, where, you know, he was talking about Astro Hustle. I have no idea how the hell I missed this in previews. And, and thankfully, um, the guy around the corner had a, um, he had one 
copy of the variant cover and and about three issue three or three copies of the the standard cover still mm-hmm. on the shelf so i'm hoping um since i didn't pre-order it I'll, I'll send him an email i want to make sure that you know he gets a couple of issues of the second issue because right. I'm, I'm going to want it and um i broke my rule and i went with the variant cover because not not well first of all because greg smallwood does the variant co- he does the colors on the standard cover but the variant cover is just just a, a bust of 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 chen and it's it's a very um 70s tops baseball card era looking cover um especially where it says 30 pages full colored no gum but it's got the old school dark horse logo on it it's um it's 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 got the dot pattern on it it it's a fit it's a very simple cover but it it fits the theme the 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 look the feel they're going for and and uh so i just i went with it as much as i love tom's cover of uh, the very movie poster style cover mm-hmm. of, of of his version um but this was this was great i i didn't i didn't know what to expect i i bought it because i know i know who the creators are and and i figured you know after flip through it it just looked amazing so um you know i'm i'm definitely on board it's it is it's for issue series at least for now um but it's it it really doesn't feel like a dark horse book at least the 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 current dark horse stuff but um i i absolutely love it it was it it was pegged to be my um in your travels but oh, it, it's okay. it, no that it's i i got the, we'll, we'll find something else but no this was this is absolutely a uh a homer and a half if if you were um if if you can get it definitely get it excellent i'm glad we all dug it yeah, it's superb and i cannot wait to see vince hmm. guess what my commission is from tom well, we may not have that kind of time. I, I asked for a uh-huh. two-figure piece. So I threw a couple ideas out of him. Out, I threw a couple of ideas out to him. And he went with a um, Superman versus Lobo. <laughs> You're going to have a theme with the Lobo. You got enough of it. I already do. I Dude, you have to. Uh, oh, I, I showed I showed Jason and the guys already. But um, Daniel, how do you say his last name? Jason Duzlinski? Uh Dulitsky. Okay, he did a a Lobo bust, which is stunning, and and I'll send you a picture of that. Nice. Yep. All right. So what else we got? Well, I read something current, relatively current, but I also read some comfort food. Oh mm. boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Manga? Uh, not this week, sorry. Wow, it's a shock. This was published in 1992. Oh, that's my spot. Is it, though? No, that's actually my dead zone. I, that's when I was in college. Okay. That's the only four-year window where I didn't read comics. Wow. Well, you, I'm guessing you would not have read this. Just saying. You know what happens when you assume, dude. I I'm know. Way, I'm way more diverse than you give me credit for. Okay. Wow. No, no, that that was an okay. <laughs> well, we're going to see if you would have read this after I'm, I'm done telling you what it is. 
It's a two-issue miniseries published in 92 by Fantico. Yeah, okay. Fantico and Tundra. (laughs) They teamed up. It was written by Tom Skoulin and Kevin Eastman. And illustrated by Kevin Eastman and Eric Talbot. Damn straight. And it's called Zombie War. Of course it is. (laughs) Have you read it? Have you? Never. Okay. All right. But uh, interestingly enough, it has been um, unearthed, and that's an appropriate word for this, by IDW recently. Um, They published a colorized version, which I own, and um, I do not find it superior to the original black and white version. So that's what I read for, for, uh, for this week. Zombie War 1 and 2. Picture... Two high schoolers in the back of uh, civics class, totally bored out of their mind with uh, what the teacher is uh, delivering, and they decide to write a zombie story. That's pretty much what this is. It's juvenile. It's sophomoric. A lot of the stuff really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's one of those gosh, golly, gee whiz, isn't this cool type stories. Um we have a, an Air Force pilot named Gina, J-I-N-A, and she's she's on her rounds flying her jet, you know, buzz, 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 and she spies a UFO. It's like, what the hell? Uh, and she tries to follow it, but it gets away from her, and as the UFO is flying around, what she doesn't know, it's releasing something into the atmosphere that's causing the dead to rise from their graves. Conveniently enough, uh, we're shown a couple in Arlington National Cemetery, and they're they're sightseeing, and the dead, the decorated dead, rise from their graves. And in this universe, um, dead soldiers are buried in full combat gear, <laughs> because you have um, they got the the flak helmets on, and the uniforms. I don't know why. There's a soldier with a Roman centurion helmet on, (laughs) but it looks cool. And he seems to be um, far more aware than all the other zombies because he's leading them and he actually speaks. His first lines in the book are, good morning, fucker. (laughs) And and he uh, he and his, his soldiers rip apart sightseers and uh, very, very graphically the woman's head is, is separated from her torso and they chow down and we're all very familiar with the work of Kevin Eastman, yes? Sure. The All of the things that I love about Kevin Eastman's artwork are present in this book. He uses the craft tint paper mm. with the multiple grays depending on what uh, developer he used. Um, it's dense as hell and there's a a a, a trademark from uh, I don't know who would you attribute it to, maybe Spawn and or um, Dark Knight Returns with the, the constant media intrusions into the story. Uh, okay. We'll have newscasters come on and say, oh, oh well, no, no, it's 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 Miller. It's dark because Todd tried to use the same newscaster in in Spawn. So right, right. Miller started that. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Frank, because they exploit that little um trope to no end in this thing this story is frequently update or intruded on upon by the media and 
it's it's so typical of the media. They they start out um, having no idea what's going on, and once they do know what goes on, they try and cover up the fact that there's something um, there's an extinction level event going on, and it's like, oh well, it looks like our army has things in under control when it's nowhere near the truth. Like the the UFOs flying around, and it goes through London and Europe. Uh, well, that would be Europe. Uh, um, huh. uh, France is afflicted, and they show uh, significant monuments from each country, and they're burning, and the dead are, you know, doing their thing. So, so what's the deal here? Well, the it, the Gina eventually shoots down the UFO, and the thing that emerges is this little mini monstrosity in a hood, and he's got tentacles. And um, the two of them are forced to fight for their lives. They have to team up because they smack down right in the middle of uh, a zombie parade. And the zombies, oop, they turn to them and they, they chase them and they go into the sewer. And eventually the alien fesses up to what's going on. It turns out um, a probe from Earth entered this alien's planet's atmosphere and it exploded in the atmosphere. And toxic shit rained down on his people and it just so happens that the the toxic shit was contagious it's like i said it's juvenile um and all of his people were killed save himself so what he does is i don't know how he knew that the probe was from earth but he figured it out and he came to earth and he just happened to have a substance that could revive earth earth's dead like it, so if you think about it too much, it, it really falls apart. Um, the book is in service to the uh, the cool art, and it, it's just amazing art. It's dense as hell. Like there's some pages that have like 20 panels, um, and then you'll flip the page and you get a gigantic spread of just carnage: zombies ripping off heads, tearing babies apart, sticking bayonets through people, shooting people in the face. Um, you have soldiers from the Civil War right on up to modern times. It's crazy. Stipple and spatter and craft tint paper and just every expressive means of getting these lines on paper is employed in this book. It's a mess, but it's a beautiful mess, right? Um, and Eric Talbot, no stranger to horror comics. I think the man has one of the best styles. I mean... In, in, as far as skulls, Talbot draws a mean skull, right? And there's there's skulls all over the place on this thing. But that's what I'm saying. This was my comfort food. Um, I I needed a little bit of a boost this week, and this was right on the front of a box next to my my chair. And I'm like, hot damn, I'm going to go back to Zombie War and read it again. There mm-hmm. was there was a sequel, believe it or not, called Zombie War: Earth Must Be Destroyed. And it it continues the story. I I believe it was three issues or possibly four. I have those as well. But I just wanted to to read these again because it's a happy, fun time. If you enjoy people being dismembered in a variety of ways, and who doesn't, right? I would uh, scare up the IDW version if you like color. If not, it's available in black and white. Go with the OG because it was originally intended to be presented in black and white. And I think that's the way it works well or the best. Um, they take every opportunity to feature the uh, protagonist, Gina, 
sometimes topless. Sometimes, you know, we see she's in the, the Air Force um, locker room in the beginning and it's like tits out. And there's a guy, he, he tips into the room. He's like, hey, hot shot, your near miss is all over the news. Way to go. And she goes, take off. And he goes, yo, nice butt. <laughs> it's it's so juvenile, but it's amazing. I love every panel. Uh and and as women are being killed by the zombies, they they have their shirts lifted up a little bit and you see a boob hanging out. Like it's so childish, but I love everything about it. I really do. And but that could be said for any of the artists that worked on the original uh, Mirage stuff. Eastman and Laird and Michael Dooney and Eric Talbot and Jim Lawson. Like these, I love these guys. They, if you slide a book that they worked on in my view, I'm just going to stop everything and just enjoy. There, there was a, oh, I don't know, je ne sais quoi about the original Mirage stuff. It, it just, it spoke to me and it clicked. When I saw that craft tint paper, on the original Turtles issues, I was spellbound. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And it's it wasn't refined artwork. It wasn't polished. And it didn't need to be. It served the story. But just the way Eastman specifically approaches comics, it just, it it is, it means the world to me. I, I love the artwork. It's just my happy, complacent, um, warm and snuggly, fuzzy blanket. Aw. Yeah. Boom. And that's why I wanted... Uh, I mean, I had an ulterior motive to read this because it is Kevin Eastman and it gave me an opportunity to push hard his um, upcoming miniseries, which I think is... is It should be read because this is a guy who has lived through... And I'm not going to say whether or not it was his own fault, but he made a fortune and lost a fortune. Yeah. and And I'm intrigued... Right, I, I want to know through this surrogate um, Eastman called Shane Books Bookman. I, mm-hmm. I want the dirt. I want to know what he went through because he's hinted at it over the years. And I believe there's, you know, in the, in the Comics Journal interview, he 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 went into some of it. But it it it's heartbreaking, isn't it, to to have created something that virtually everyone on the planet can identify. Right. I don't think that's sure. a, that's that's far fetched to say that, where he created a a, a, a quartet of characters that mm-hmm. my children, who know nothing about comic books, can can tell right off the bat who they are, what their names are. Like that's some powerful mojo, and to reap the benefits from that at so early in his career, there was hardships involved. They were doing it in the basement, but once it clicked, man, that money started rolling in with the figures and the movie and the. You know, the tie-ins and, and Eastman was lending, or not lending, giving money to everyone with the Xeric grant. Like, just, hey, you want to make a comic here? Take $10,000, you know? Wait, that, no, that was Laird. Eastman and Laird were involved in that, weren't they? No, oh, no, 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 that was just, I'm pretty sure that was just Peter. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up real quick, but well, yeah, no, I think that was because Eastman was doing his own thing, especially with, with, with Tundra and... Well, and Tundra metal was a, and, right, and he bought heavy metal, like right, right. It's a crazy expenditure, and the Words and Pictures Museum, right? I mean, he was bleeding money, and that, that and may the have wife, been both of them, and the wife, you know, yeah, um, who's who's I, now, I, 
and and she's suffering. Yes, but I mean, at the time, I don't think Julie Strain came cheaply. Right, that's all I'm saying. Like, if you want a woman yeah, that I don't looks think like she that, was working for free. She no, was doing all the cover work. But I, what I'm saying is, is if, if to attract the attention of a goddess like herself, Eastman is he's an average-looking dude, right? And yet he managed to snag, yeah, an angel. Well, I mean, like, but hey, he had money. That's it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. And, and right? yeah, Xerox Foundation was uh, Laird founded that, and while Eastman founded Tundra. Right. To embody the ideals of the Creator's Bill of Rights. From a publisher standpoint, Laird's version involved funding rather than actively publishing individuals' work. Okay. And I think we could probably do a spotlight on on some of the well, I don't know about a spotlight, but we can we could probably riff on not tonight, but we can riff on some of the books that um look at the stuff that the Zurich Foundation yeah. gave us. Look at the stuff that was coming out of Tundra. Hyena. Oh my God! Which was which was a humor book that maybe six people read. Like I love it, but I mean he was just throwing money at at everything, right? And Puma he, Blues, Mad Men, uh, Mad Man. Sorry, yeah, Puma Blues, um, <laughs> Puma Boring. But um, Damn, you got to wonder: Did well, Laird must have taken steps to secure his finances that Eastman didn't because I don't believe Laird is, is hurting all that much. No, no, definitely not. I mean, yeah, he, now I'm sure he's making money from Nickelodeon. Thanks to, uh, yeah. thanks to selling them the, um, the franchise and, and he no doubt gets money from IDW for the books, but yeah, I, I, I of the two, he, he, he definitely seemed more, um, Philanthropic and and he more savvy, yes, yes, yeah. But did, yeah I did, mean, and I, I I love. I mean, yes. I don't. I don't want to make light of 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 Kevin's issue. I mean, I, we we benefited from his his spending and and his. Um, I mean, he may he he may have just. I don't. Probably many of us would have done the same thing. Where it's like you know, I think this should be seen. And 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 I want to make sure this happens. And I mean, right. I don't know how much money he may have thrown at Simon Bisley. It's just there's there's just so oh, I can imagine. much stuff that 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 Tundra gave us that um, you know it's yeah it's unfortunate that uh, I think he may have been he may have been ahead of his time. Or I think if he decided to do this now. I, I think he'd have a greater success because people are a little bit smarter with, with where they want to spend their money. But at the time, it was the 90s. I mean, you know, everything was, was being sold. Everything was being bought. Everybody thought that this was going to be the, the next hot thing. So he, he was in the right time when it came to people buying stuff, but it there was no way it was going to last. Right. He's He and Laird are responsible for a boom and a bust in the direct market. Because, like you said, everybody was was throwing stuff in black and white just to get it out because they knew the people were pri- readers were primed at this period to try something. The smaller the production company, the more likely they were to try it because they were looking for lightning to strike again with what happened with Mirage, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, the the I remember specifically going to the shop and. When the black and white boom erupted, he would have the Marvel and the DC books on a giant rack. And then he had to the side all of the books that came out during a certain week. And there was tons 
of these things. Aircel and Apple and and Mad Dog and just like all these publishers came out of nowhere trying to, you know, get that that brass ring that, that Eastman and Laird did. And it just, how many worked? Like maybe one out of 50? You know, it's the lightning did not strike twice. No. At least, you know, to an extent that the Eastman and Laird hit gold with with uh, Mirage, but um, and then they they fueled the the a back issue market too. Copies of Turtles were selling for stupid amounts of money. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, I love Kevin Eastman. Yeah, you know, I did. You have the? Did you buy this off the shelf from start? I did. Turtles. I did. Nice. Yep. Do you still have the issues, or do you sell them? I do. I have them. I wouldn't. Sweet. I would never part with them. Nope. Um, I had the good fortune to meet both Eastman and Laird when the uh, it was at a creation convention in New York City. <gasps> when the uh, I believe it was first published the um, magazine sized collected edition of the first four issues is it where they where they they colorized them i think it was first that published that right and uh i had them both sign it and i still own it awesome one of those things that, again i would never get rid of that yeah how do you part with something like that it's a piece of comics history mm-hmm. you know but um i did a little bit of research uh peter laird after the nickelodeon deal um they there's a stipulation in his in the deal that he can produce turtle comics uh should he desire to and yes okay. the, the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles volume 4 which he and jim lawson did is it it rivals the original uh, mirage stuff for me i love volume 4 and um for whatever reason he's not producing any i think last issue was 32 it came out like uh, a while back, and then it was sporadic. They were limited to like a thousand copies. You know what I mean? So there's not a whole lot of people reading this thing, but they're great. They're so good. Jim Lawson's a beast. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Zombie War. Nice. Which just... Zombie. Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Ah. <sighs> So what else do we have? I have a lot of stuff. Do you? Mm-hmm. You want to no. just do a speed round on some no, things? No, I want you to. I want other people to speak. I'm done speaking. For <laughs> other people, there's two others. Speak. My crowd control's going on here. Jason, what else did you read? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think uh, of the things that really stood out. There was. Oh, man. How could I forget? Seriously, the Domino thing. Yes. Domino Hot Shots number one, written by Gil Simone, with fantastic art by Mr. David Baldion. This is in all, for all intents and purposes, this is the third arc of the Domino series, which lasted ten issues, and then they pivoted to this new miniseries, which is five issues. Uh, But it, it takes place immediately after the uh, end of, of the 10th issue of the Domino run from last year. And the only real conceit of why it's different is instead of it being Domino and Crazy Inez and Diamondback, 
it's those three plus Black Widow plus um, the uh, the the Wakandan bear character from the second arc of the Domino book and uh, and one more uh, a, a Korean heroine. White Fox. Uh, yeah, White Fox. Uh, they all get together to uh, go on a mission. And uh, I mean, that's really the conceit. They just expanded the team essentially uh, for this for this arc. And uh, it's it's more of the same. I mean, listen, I'm an easy mark here. Um, I love the way Baldion draws Nina, and I love Nina, and so um, this is my sweet spot. But I have a tear in my eye because I see that one of five, and uh, it just has me wondering: <laughs> Am I four issues away from no more Domino? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I think. Um... Marvel should uh, lock Baldion down and disable anyone else that tries to draw Domino. He might be exclusive. Nobody else should should touch the character because he he it's not going to get better than him. Mm. I don't think so. Well, as someone who spends a disproportionate amount of time, money, and energy <laughs> on getting every artist on the earth to draw Domino, I'm not sure I agree. I mean, I, I love the way he draws her, but. But I'm fine with other people drawing her too. Nah, the more the merrier. Just Baldian, no more. Well, you know, agree to disagree, but when you I'm reach, sure you both love this issue. When you reach the pinnacle of domin- of dominoness, you don't go down. I think he's great. I think he's he's got a fun cartoony style, which is perfect for the book. Look, I'm the least willing to read a book featuring <laughs> Domino. And I think this stuff is now nah, you've been you've been kind to me since this series came out. Nah, I think because it's great. Cool. I think Gail's doing a, a, a superb job. It, it's, I mean, no surprise. She's a great writer. Right? She is. And, yeah, she is. And yeah. this this scene, this team seems to just we, there's even Black Widow in this, right? And and I enjoyed it. And Black Widow is again one of those characters like okay whatever, but. The visuals are stunning. The action is fierce and frequent. Like, well, what more do you want? And and the women are super sexy. Baldian's got a great style. And Kirby that dots. He does. And Kirby dots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, if since you have read it, you must love the villain in this. Yep. Uh, the the uh, the villain is for those that haven't read the issue yet. Shame on you, number one. But number two, uh, the villain basically touches something that turns him into into a. A, a being and he's about 80 percent maybe 70 percent turned into this being which looks a lot like a kirby celestial yep um but it was very evocative to me as i'm sure it was you of of Sholi's godland oh to yeah. me it looked like a character straight out of godland of course but, yeah uh, yeah but it's very cool very cool and he pushes the uh kirby tendency to slam the the hand right in your face reaching yeah. out with a giant proportion yep. uh, it yes. looks great looks real real good yeah yeah and deadpool well dp does show up yeah so which is cool we know gail knows how to write deadpool she wrote she wrote him for a long time it's candy this is this is comic book candy Mm -hmm. you got to have more speaking of marvel comic book candy oh boy avengers no road home number four sons i didn't read it wait what i didn't seriously bro it just (laughs) came out yesterday Oh, yeah, and because that stops you. So did Domino Hot Shots, number one. Uh, this is true. Mm. And kudos 
to um, because it is not penciled by Paco Medina, um, but it still looks absolutely fantastic. And I didn't write down the artist name, sadly. Sean uh, Izaske. Yes, yes, a name I'm not too familiar with, but the um, the art is absolutely fantastic. There is um, there's no problem at all with uh, with Sean's art in this issue. Well, they're not going to put a schlub on a series like this. No, 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 they are not. They are not. I would hope they wouldn't. But uh, you know, there there are times where you're just never. Never too sure if you know you're going to end up with you know Mark Pacella, but you have um, there's there's uh, I I thought it was a fantastic issue, and I wouldn't be mad if because of the point of view of this story, if if Sean did this issue, and then Paco's back for the next couple mm-hmm. when the action is is hot and heavy, and then maybe mm-hmm. Sean comes back for um, another like interlude type uh issue but this was um this 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 was an issue that made you feel for the villain um you it's 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 all told from uh nix's perspective and um it it is and and it you do get some some if you want to say real time or, or present day uh you know the things that were happening in nightmares world and the things that were happening with um in omnipotent city uh they all they they play out here as well but for the most part it the way you know kudos to the three writers because the way they 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 spliced it with nick's telling her story and returning us back to what's happening now as far as what our, our heroes are dealing with was was flawless it was it's it's a fantastic issue Vince, that you have to read i know you will but i'm just i, I, right I want to emphasize that 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 you you before once once this is once this episode while this episode is is mm-hmm. is con, con, consolidating so you can publish it read this issue it's facts wow well considering it only takes me about 10 minutes to edit one of these things. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it in, but uh, maybe before I, I turn in tonight. I'll get it where you okay. fit in. Yes, do that. I will. I said world. It's Nightmare's Realm. I don't know why I said world. Well, it's a mindscape. It's true. It's true. What else? Come on. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, you had you had homework. I did. And uh, I read Freedom Fighters number one. And you love that it. homework again. I um, I don't know if you guys touched on this issue because I haven't finished the episode nope. yet. But okay, so um, Freedom Fighters number one takes place on Earth X, where Nazi Germany's metahuman war machine conquered the planet. This is a twelve issue maxi series by Robert Venditti. And Eddie Barrows with inks by Eber Ferreira and colors by um, Adriana Lucas. And I already love this series because the first the first issue's cover is basically the first panel exactly. of the uh, of the issue, and um, it's uh, it's a little it's a little misleading because of what. Um, but I have a feeling that the the worker is just covering the gesture and then um, 
taking down the poster. But I, you know, thank you, Vince. This was Freedom Fighters was a series that I was planning on on reading. Like I said, it's it's twelve issues. It's in the DC previews currently. Um, I think the maybe the fourth issue is solicited this month. But this um, this was something that I had on my radar. I was planning on reading it. I just didn't know when. So I appreciate the nudge. Um, I as someone who enjoyed all-star squadron growing up um the earth x characters were the they weren't they weren't who who, what was the publisher doll man and phantom lady and and human bomb that wasn't i can't uh, timely no that's marvel yeah um um go ahead keep talking but yeah, so 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 these are the characters that DC purchased that 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 you saw for a minute, um, before Crisis and 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 it, it's it's um, Black Condor and it, basically this series starts off this issue starts off um, in uh, in nineteen sixty three quality oh, thank you yes. quality comics um, so in 1963, it takes uh, the, the setting is Dallas, Texas. The um, the book depository, where something special, or something significant happens in American history. But um, the American Resistance Underground is meeting at the depository, um, and that's when uh, four heroes, three and a quarter, four heroes show up. Uh, one of them being Jesse Owens. One of them being Black Condor, uh, the other two being um, the, uh, the the Human Bomb and Doll Man, and they um, they're having a meeting so they can make a plan um, because, like I said, Earth X is where the Nazis won the war and and continued their their control um on the planet so our heroes are are meeting but unfortunately this this meeting is interrupted by plastic men and and the the plastic is spelled with two s's in the shape of the um the ss uh maybe they're kiss fans there you go so um the plastic men are very um evil and sinister because you know again they're nazis but they uh they try to squash this resistance and they do a pretty decent job uh because three days later our heroes are um still on display fully dead and uh basically left as a warning to others um poor doll man Seriously, guys, freaking dude, head like, shot I mean, off. Was, it's just and completely, and that's a lot of blood for a head. Jesus, for for a head that size, even. Um, you had to hit him with a paintball. Because uh, <laughs> because because that's all they. Yeah, seriously, a BB would all do it. But the um, and and because this is televised for 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 the entire country to see, um, and uh, every network will play the execution ceremony on continuous repeat for the next seven days. Um, and uncle Sam is watching this and, um, and, and he feels the people's hope waning. So he's getting weaker. And while, um, while he is, is, is very 
While he's weeping over this, the plastic men have surrounded him and um and and he before he can be overtaken, um he 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 says something that isn't unheard of before, but then he just fades away. And um we then cut to fifty five years later where one of the soldiers who's since been promoted uh was there at the execution uh is is here to um is at that same depository where they basically killed the resistance they they squashed it here and there um and they've been able to thrive and 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 um continue their rule um and basically uh adolf hitler's descendant is is now um uh well his, his son is is the fuhrer and um as our villains are saluting their fuhrer the um the building explodes they're dead the human bomb shows up flipping the bird to the building and um and we're introduced to the new although they don't say new but they were introduced to the freedom fighters here and now um and the uh the black condor is kind of reimagined you now have a um a a doll woman um phantom lady of course but you know they're they're just new versions of old characters um and they're going to continue they they, they basically they they're going to continue to fight the good fight and and uh take on the nazis but unfortunately before that can happen we're left with a hell of a cliffhanger uh because a member of the iron police appear on this beautiful uh splash page at the end and um warns everyone that the terrorists have been located extermination is in progress and we end with Heil hitler so um i am this again i mean we, we've said it a couple times well, we've said it with with astro hustle earlier but this was definitely a setup issue you 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 got the setting you have everything you need in this first issue um and and then we get to to take it from here with with these new characters um barrows Barrows does a phenomenal work. Um, I, I warned Vince when, when he gave me this issue um, that it, it gave me the opportunity to to say that I have Eddie Barrow pages uh, from from his Superman run that that are absolutely stunning in in person. Uh, the man is is phenomenal. Does not get enough credit. I, I wouldn't. No. He's not underrated by any means, but he definitely does not. Um, well, he's boss he, level. He yes, he should be talked about a lot more. Yeah, uh, it's it, this is just fantastic. Where I mean, I, I enjoyed his Nightwing run when when the New Fifty Two started. Um, this is this is beautiful, and and it's it's it, it's not that it's an uncomfortable series. It's it's I mean it is it's it, it may be kind of fitting based on on the way things are in the world right now, but it, it it's not a a new idea. We know that um, you know based on the crisis and and. Uh, everything like that this isn't the first time dc is telling a story where 
or even, you know, other publishers have also told stories where the outcome of things in the past in our history have altered. Um, so I, I, I don't mind a, an alternate take a parallel universe or alternate dimension type thing. But this was, um, this is a, a very solid issue. Looks great. I'm 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 all in on what Vendetti is doing. Um, so, a thanks, Vince, for for having me read it. But uh, two, I would definitely, if you haven't, if you've been uh, on the fence about it, I would definitely give it a shot because I will be reading the second issue as soon as possible. Three's out too. Nice. I think it was extremely uh, fitting that the resistance would meet in the Texas book depository. Yeah. Um, an area synonymous with the death of, well, I don't want to say America, but at least America's innocence. Right. So it's, it's, it's conceptually rich to me that, that they're trying to take America back from the site that originally sent America down the shitter. Right. Um, but I got to say with that last panel i'm wondering if if mr barrows reads a lot of valiant comics because that robot or maybe writes a lot of valiant comics uh not venditti uh mr barrows oh um because the robot looks a lot like divinity to me <laughs> oh well, mm. why because he's got the fin no it just looks just the, the <laughs> color the shape it looked i i saw ooh divinity but it's obviously not with that giant yeah, hunking, hunking, hunking gun and uh did you guys read the uh, was it the New Fifty Two that introduced the Freedom Fighters? With Acuna was was yeah. doing the visuals. Mm-hmm. No, that was before New Fifty Two. That was Palmiotti and Gray writing. Yeah, that, that right? was Palmiotti and Gray. Yeah, yeah. that was before um, I don't but think no, I, I don't think this Phantom Lady's costume is is an improvement on Acuna's design. But no, I'm not in love with it. We just want to. She doesn't have the cutout. Right. Phantom Lady traditionally is is synonymous with cheesecake because she was basically all hanging out there uh, from day one. But um, this is, I mean, it may grow on me. It's a more tasteful approach to a a female superhero costume. It's certainly more, um, it would facilitate fighting better than her original costume. I mean, she'd be falling out all over the place. But... You know, it remains to be seen. We'll see. But I thought this issue was phenomenal as well. It's cool that Black Condor is an Afri- African-American man. Yeah. That's very neat. And uh, it remains to be seen about Doll Woman, too. We'll see. Because I have not read the second issue. I wanted to wait till you got to it, two and three. Okay. I'll read catch them in up. tandem and shit. All right. We can do that. Yeah. Tag team back again. Now, did... Um, Hope you like me now. Did did I? I think... You did read this, right, Jason? I did. What did you think? Uh, it wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I mean, you care, know, care to elaborate on that a little it, bit more? Is it because I mean? No, I mean, I, I read it when it, the day it came out. I, I very much like the the Acuna uh, Palmiotti Gray stuff. Um, just didn't connect with me. I don't know. Could have been the day I read it. Just didn't leave much of a mark either way. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to smirch it. I, I don't no, remember. I don't know why he hates Eddie Barrows, bro. Dude, I, I own Eddie Barrows' <laughs> art, bro. Well, you know what? When you say, dude, I own Artist X's art, that could, I mean, how much art do you own? You own like hundreds of pieces of art. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like, like the only art you don't own is like Kirby art. art. I said hundreds. Yes, I said I have like 800 pieces of art. Do you? No kidding. Mm-hmm. 
Oi. His wife's a beautiful woman. Speaking of art. Ha ha. As we record, I have sweats of anticipation because in less than two weeks, (laughs) we will be together forming like Voltron. I'm not going to be the leg again. Or like the human centipede, one or the other. Oh, now we're talking. (laughs) What did you say? I'm not going to be what? No, you said human centipede. So now we're talking. I don't want to be the leg again. And of course, we will be forming like the human centipede so that we can get our asses to the third coast for the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, uh, more colloquially known as Sedos Edos, a.k.a. C2E2, and making our triumphant return after a few years of, of uh, heading down to Charlotte. We'll have a bigger crew than ever. Got a nice Airbnb. We got 10, 10 peeps up in that crib with us. It's going to be a blast. And... I thought maybe since we are two weeks away, we might want to just maybe touch on the con a bit. Because, listen, it's the third coast. It's one of the major cities of America. I would imagine there are plenty of people in and around the uh, Midwest that can or are planning to come to the, the convention. Yep. And so if you are coming to C2E2, please do us a solid. And if you happen to see us or hear our voices or think, hey, I wonder if that's the EOC guys. Say hello, because we love meeting folks that uh, are part of the community in some way, shape, or form. And I can't tell you how uncanny it is whenever we do a recap episode of a con, and then people chime in on the Facebook groups or on the Twitters or wherever, and they say, "Oh, I walked by you guys, but I didn't, I didn't want to bother you, or yeah, I didn't busy diving." Yeah, in y'all, bins. yeah, I just, I just didn't, didn't, didn't have a chance to say hi. It's like, nah, dude. Like, it's one of the reasons we come. And even though the three of us are all from the East Coast. Uh, I have to say, Chicago's always been great to us, man. Like it's always, it's always felt like our home show in a lot of ways. Hell yeah! Until you know? heroes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to dump on on C2E2. Of it's a fun not. show. It really is. It is, and so, it's it's where we were born in a sense. Yeah, it really is, man. Yep. So well, yeah, I'm we, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, Equally, I'm I'm relishing the thought of being on the convention floor with Dap and going through boxes and having fun and shaking hands with artists and stuff. But uh, I'm also very eager to get with my buds and our buds in the room because we got a lot of classy dudes uh, that are going to be there, uh, people we haven't seen in a while, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to we need to buy uh, plastic sheets um, and rekindle our love. It's true. Yes. And it's pretty weird, man, like how much professional wrestling intersects with comics. Like I was looking at the at just the you know the activities or the events and the panels cuz we don't we don't generally do much of that typically. Nah. But I like to take a peek just to see what's out there and what kind of stuff's going on. And C2E2 has this thing this year called C2E2 After Dark. Ooh. And I know, which I I I saw the I saw the moniker and thought, "Oh, that looks interesting." I clicked on it. I don't know. Because what C2E2 after dark, this is how they describe it. Want to keep the party going up all night long? There's a ton to do after the lights go down. Whether you geek out over movies, wrestling, comic books, cosplay, or just having a few drinks with some friends, we're planning an incredible selection of after hours events tailored to you, the fans. Sounds cool, right? Yeah. Well, except the two things they have front and center are 
a $39 event from 8 to 10 p.m. called What Happened in 83 Weeks featuring Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone. Mm -hmm. And then from Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. for $65, the Jim Cornette Experience. Wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Wow. I'm not going to a. I'm not going to a wrestling con. No, I'm going to a comic con. True. I'll get that. Meanwhile, Daph's like, "Oh, I know what I'll be doing Friday night." <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. It yes, was... it is. You were like, "Oh, Tony should." No, it's son. not. No, you know why it isn't? Because I know Friday night I'm hanging with Vince because you have your own thing going on. So I wasn't thinking about as as much as I love Jim Cornette. I wasn't thinking about him on a Friday night. Yeah, Pinky's in the That's air, right. Dap. Biggie's in the there air. There you go, bro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing my own thing. I'm going to be doing something with. I said you're going to be doing Mario your thing with Mario and, and and Daniel White and yes. DW. Yes. And you, I hope you have a good time. Oh, so, they will. Yeah. Let's just agree that it would be something that you two would not have. Fun oh, we. Doing. That's that's a given. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but we when, will we will we will reunite at like ten o'clock that night. Awesome. I, I, I try and engage my dining experience where if, if the tip is far larger than my entree, then I don't want to eat there, you know? And uh, you guys are going to be living it up and, and more power <laughs> to it. <laughs> yes. True. Well, we'll be having a tasting menu. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It just sounds so weird. Oh, well, Dap and I will be having a tasting menu of our own back at the room. Who, who aside from our, yeah, who aside, not a room? We have a, we have a little, a little apartment, but uh, who aside from uh, our peoples are you excited to see at the con? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd have to bring up the list because I'm I don't know who's going to be there. But you probably been yeah. You probably haven't been paying attention. No, and it came up very late, so you know I'm not going to sit there with my finger on the button waiting for the, the damn list to be posted. But how about um, you, Dad? Tell me, who's going to yeah, be there? No, I mean, aside from from the artists that we've been dealing with with the uh, pre-show commissions, um, I I know it, it's funny. I know Mario was uh teasing the idea of getting a photo with paul rudd which i would be down to do because i think uh, my wife would enjoy that um i don't i i I really i have not paid attention to i know um we have a better chance of of speaking to jason aaron at the con than we do getting him on on our show but uh (laughs) there's um thanks scotty but there's a um there's there's a uh yeah i don't Aside from the ads that I've seen in, in some of the comics I've been picking up, I have no idea, really, who is uh, who's going to be at the show. Well, I'll tell well, you. Here's what we'll do. I'll do a little. I'm going to do a guess how much because remember now. Full disclosure to everyone out there, we did in fact partake in the celebrity photos the last week we, we attended. We got pictures with uh, CM Punk, with, uh, our man CM Punk, and and, uh, and, and Melissa uh, Benwist, uh, aka Supergirl, who was quite fetching. And has an awesome tattoo on her foot. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> let's let's play Guess How Much It'll Cost You. Okay. I'm going to name a celebrity mm. without cheating. You guys are going to guess how much it would cost you to get a photo with them, okay? Gotcha. Okay. Up first, Alicia Silverstone from Clueless. Oy. 95 bucks. Vince? Uh, I, I would say I would say one and a quarter. 
sixty dollar. Oh. oh wow! You could get two. Well, no, she's saving money on not vaccinating her kids, so that's fine. Oh she's no! An she, are you kidding yes. me? Oh, she is. Uh, the Pink Ranger, Amy Jo Johnson. Oh, nice. She better be more than Alicia Silverstone. No, she's fifty bucks. That. Eighty. Fifty bucks. Vince wins. Cool. All right. Now here's one you guys are gonna get all stiff for. David Tennant. <gasps> oh, he's he's gotta be two hundred. You think? I was I was gonna say a buck and a quarter, but I can see him being one hundred. One hundred. Oh, oh nice. Uh how about let's do Matt Smith. Let's keep it the Doctor Who's. I'll go for two at Matt Smith. Um, I'm gonna say 150. 100. Wow, it's crazy. How about the Karate Kid villain William Zappa? Oh, well, he's. I mean, 1050. He's still. How much? <laughs> I mean, he's making money on the How Much Weather Quarter. So, lunch. You buy him lunch. He'll take you <laughs> Burger King. Yeah. Well, the pre- it's good for enough for the president. Oh no, $60. sorry, sixty dollar. The one I would be most tempted to get, Summer Glau. Oh, really? Okay. Nice. Buck uh, fifty. Sixty dollar. Nice. Recent and big last, price. last but certainly not. There's a bunch more, but I'm not. But but the last one I'm going to give you for the quiz, uh, the aforementioned and certainly most famous celeb to be doing this, Mister Paul Antman Rudd. Okay, two for, for him. Uh, two fifty, one seventy, and he is the most expensive. Wow, oh, okay, nice. But uh, I'm looking at the list of artists that are going to be there. Of course, Scotty. Looking forward to being with Scotty and Dave Wachter, mm-hmm. Art mm-hmm. Adams, uh, Liefeld, mm-hmm. uh, Ramon Perez is on here. Yep, Pepe Larraz. Yeah, straight. Mike Norton, of course. Of course. Uh, we got um, Marv Wolfman's going to be there. Dap. Nice. Sylvester. Yep. Kyle Starks. Kevin Nolan. Ken Lashley. Mm -hmm. Who else? Um, Jonathan Hickman. Some whoever that is. Jim Mafood. Dap. Jim Calafiore. Yo, that's Jason, bro. (laughs) That's your dude. That's my dude. That's my dude. Jason Aaron. Of course, Jason Aaron. Um, well, what about Jim Calfurnier's BFF, Mike McComb? No, wait. Put I the, don't think so, no. Put the brakes on. Wow. Dap. Nitz, aforementioned. Giant Umberto Nitz. Ramos. Yes. Frankie Seri- Cho. Serious? Yeah. Whose ballpoint beauties is hitting the printers soon? Perez. Yes. George Perez. Yeah, well, because we got one of his last cons ever. Holy shit. Eddie Campbell? Yeah. Oh, get out of my way. Yeah. McGinnis. Yeah. yeah. David Baldian. Of course. Well, Mr. yeah, we're getting commissions from him. The awesome Dave Dorman. Dan Parent. Nice. Yes. Local dude. That's right. Christopher Mitten. Yikes. This That's is right. awesome. Claremont. Mooneyham. Mm-hmm. Cecil Castellucci. Barry Kitson. Yeah. Yes. Brian Level. Oh, for sure. Oh, Doing boy. something for me. Bill mm-hmm. Reinhold. Yep. Art Balthazar, Andy Price. Wow, there's a lot of good... Andrew Peepoy. 
What, what? And by the way, you're just looking on the comic guests page, which I totally understand, but there's an entire Artist Alley page as well, which has many, many, many more. Oh, Mr. Cooter. What's up? Cute, cute, cooter. Yeah. So, yeah, and this is ridiculously designed because it takes so long for all the, the images to load in these little these little flash yeah. windows. Yeah. Well, I, I, in case you really urge that I have a spreadsheet with all of the artists. So I'm you sure you do. Cross-referenced. They are. It is, in fact, in cross-referenced, vetted, and categorized. I would expect no less. Mm-hmm. But either way, people, please, please, if you do make your way to the con, we would love to either see you again or even better, meet you for the first time. Yep. As long as you're not blocking any bins from Vince. Well, no, I I will take them by their soft, supple hands and walk them over to the bin so they can peruse with me. And we have atrophied in our bumper game, so let's let's crush the bumpers this time. Ah, da da da. Yeah, Vince, get on it. To clarify, we had not, we don't, we haven't atrophied. We have a ton of bumpers, and I don't like to get duplicates because what's the point, right? Unless they want to pimp something current, we have a ton of bumpers. It's it's seeking out those that we don't have bumpers. I see at least a hundred creators here that we don't have bumpers on from. Well, let's let's get it done then. Oh wait, right. yeah, David Some... and I'll get it done. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> if you can take your eyes off of the long boxes for more than ten minutes. Well, if the if the talent comes over to the long boxes, I'd be glad to get a bumper from them. <laughs> but no, we're going to have a you whole You should get bumpers from all the guys that are selling stuff in long boxes. That's a good idea. That's a real good idea. Right? And then we'll charge them on the back end. <laughs> How you doing? All right. Um, got to thank you, by the way. We got to thank you. We got some shout outs, too. Not a thank you. A shout out, rather. A shout out. Yeah, let's hear it. Mr. Chris Wellborn, our newest patron. Shout out to him. Chris Wellborn. Thank Kirby, you, Chris. Kirby, bless you. That's right. Thanks. So awesome. And if you're wondering uh, about this Patreon thing, uh, we have a Patreon site where you can go and peruse and, and check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no apostrophe, o'clock comics. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Indeed it is. It's currently Commandy Month. For the month, uh, month. Commandy's it's, it's Commandy Month, where uh, we have a cover of the day feature where you never know what's going to pop up, but it's themed. So once you see the first one, chances are very good you know what you're going to get for the week. Um, but in uh, because it is C2E2 month and we're gearing up for the convention, I wanted to take all the brain work out of it, and I made this month Commandy Month, where you're going to get. A whole bunch of Commandy covers every single day for the month of March. Love it. How could you not love it? It's it's the king and his most famous, most accomplished creation. You damn right. Wow, you agreed with me. Well, I always agree with the you. truth. You do know he worked on a little book called Fantastic Four, right? I've heard of him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Commandy's, it doesn't get any better. And this is. Do you own the Commandy um, Artist Edition? No. I don't. I forget why I didn't order it because you don't get a chunk of sequential issues. You get like. Yeah, I think it might be an artifact edition, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. probably why. Same thing with the New Gods. 
I didn't yeah. get it because it, it doesn't have the whole thing in it. It's hard out here. But I did get in my box just yesterday the New Gods uh, trade paperback that reprints the entire New Gods saga. I don't know why I ordered it. I have the single issues. I have the, the hardcover. But I ordered it again just to have another copy of the New Gods. So I can. Oh, because you were thinking for the, about the patrons. Um, thinking about care packages. Yeah, I don't think the patrons are going to get the new, <laughs> <laughs> new gods. No. And, not I, that. and I also did receive Mr. Miracle in my, my box. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on that. And I'm probably going to kick myself that I didn't read it prior to the 11 O'Clockers because. Probably? Yeah, I know. I'm stupid. Well, I, now, now it's your new, new to you. Yeah, could be. I got more stuff. If you want to hear more well, about more comics, on it. I love how you ask permission. Just seriously. To well, I am polite. Um, you want to hear about something current or yeah. more yeah. Co- more comfort food? No, no, no. You did comfort already. All right, current I some love. I know both of you weren't really feeling the Infinity Wars event. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't read them all. I I, I didn't finish them yet, but. Um, it's something I plan on doing. Because don't forget, when you started talking about when when this when this started, um, I was driving down south. You and Jason were were talking about it mostly because I was I was so I was living vicariously through you guys. Okay, well, you know the rub uh, about Infinity Wars, right? the 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 conceit was that Gamora got her hands on all of the Infinity Stones. And um, kind of sort of followed in Daddy's footsteps. She snapped her fingers. And instead of obliterating half of the denizens of the universe, she kind of folded them in on each other where um, souls would occupy, two souls would occupy one body. Or, or in, in essence, it was an amalgamation of two beings. What, the, what Infinity Wars could have been it was a missed opportunity in my mind because what Marvel could have done is they could have had a very insular amalgam revival. Right. But they didn't, they didn't capitalize on it. The, yes, there was a, a, a handful of miniseries. You had Ghost Panther and Arachnite and um, what was the other one? Iron Hammer. But what I think they should have done was – if uh, having no or very little working knowledge on the way comics are made, at least as far as from a a production standpoint, like I don't know what the lead time is on these series. I don't know um, the logistics of putting together a a series involving, you know, tens of of artists. But what they, in my mind, what they should have done, they should have prepared and had a lot of lead time and then put out a bunch of one shots like DC and Marvel did with the Amalgam universe. Because uh, a number of one-shots, in my mind, is easier to swallow than uh, four or five miniseries, right? You, you could have a more diverse array of amalgamated characters. That said, blah, blah, blah. I read the trade paperback collection of The Infinity Wars Sleepwalker miniseries. Yes. Uh, Written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Illustrated by Todd Nock. 
with color art by Rochelle Rosenberg. And um, I am a Todd Knock Mark. I think he's doing, currently doing the best work of his entire career. Agreed. I wish he didn't have such a cocked commission process, but <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was waiting for that. Boy, what's the deal with the... Eh, he does a whole thing like he posts on his site a code word like the, like at a certain day before he makes it, comes. it fun, but... And then you somebody... got to hit him up with the code word and an email, yeah. and then if you... Then he, you know, the whole thing, but... So you got to jump through hoops. Yes. Jump through hoops. And you know, I'm not, I'm not about that life. No. Well, I get it. I get it. But the visuals in this uh, Sleepwalker miniseries are absolutely stunning. Just incredibly dense. And um, I, I, I believe Mr. Nock has refined his style to the point where he's achieved Nockian perfection. I think this book, it's goofy fun. It really is. It's, and it's only tangentially um, tied to Infinity Wars. Um, when Gamora, who is, is now called Requiem for some reason, uh, when she did the little finger snap and all the, the, the people, all the, the human souls were combined, Rick Sheridan, as we know, who is the human host for Sleepwalker, um, gets combined with someone. And Sleepwalker's not having it. He's he's worried about his human host. So he uh he goes on a little journey, so to speak, within the um infinity stones. And they've they've formed a circuit. So he can't just jump to the soul stone where wherein resides all of the amalgamated souls. Gamora conveniently sent them all into the soul stone. Um, so he's got to go through a little bit. He's got to jump through the same hoops that Jason has to, to get a Todd Nock commission. He's, he's got to traverse this circuit of infinity stones. And, and who does he pick to, or who does he choose to, uh, enable this? Well, um, it just so happens that Fin Fang Foom got combined with the man thing. And we know the man thing is the guardian of the nexus of all realities. So facilitating this move through the Infinity Stones is the man thing thang thum. It's, <laughs> it's, in, it's insane. That is awesome. It's insane. And when you see the way, and if you want to go to the, to the gallery accompanying this episode, you will see man thing thang thum. Uh, uh, before you go on, it, have you noticed that the, using the man thing has uh, is, is, is become quite derogatory. Like you've got yes, you yes. Had the, the Scott Hepburn stuff of the weird world. You had the um, you, you have uh, in Avengers right now, the, uh, the, the, the vampire leader has the little man thing on his shoulder. Yep. Um, and now you got this. Yeah, it's interesting. Because all of the people that read comics during the Bronze Age are now writing and drawing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. And I could, I, I'm tickled. I couldn't be happier. The more man thing, the better. I can't get enough man thing to to really beat that euphemism to death. Uh, but this this the 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 main idea of this miniseries is to for for uh, Sleepwalker to make sure his uh, human host is safe and secure. But there's a lot of side quests going on in this thing. There is a dark Stahawk which is a combination of Darkhawk and Starhawk. 
And um, MODOK is now known as MONICA. And Maneuverable Organism Networked for Infinite Combat Aggression. <laughs> the leader is now known as the Headman. And uh, he's got an egg-shaped head, and he's not doing so well. He's inflicted with this terrible, terrible disease, and they need to, they need to, to, to save him. I won't, I won't say why, but they need to save him. So who do they get to save him? Well, they, they get a man named Scott Banner. Scott. Scott Banner, yes. Um, of course, the Banner lends one to believe that we're talking some kind of a Hulk. And you'd be right. You'd be right. But um, the Scott. Is he an ant Hulk? He, <laughs> it's Scott Lang. Uh. And and Bruce Banner and get this they get this the matter and the, the creature that is produced oh, no. stop stop it, it makes me giddy <laughs> the the creature produced from this the joining of Scott Lang and Bruce Banner is called Little Monster <laughs> the the matter he gets the smaller he gets right <laughs> so what they do is they inject remember the movie Fantastic Voyage where they injected yes. the they inject the Hulk, or sorry, little monster, into um, the the headman's bloodstream, and he goes through his biology, and he picks up antibodies and uses them in, as Hulk hands, and he smashes the shit out of the. It's it's amazing. It's worth the price of admission alone. Is is the Sounds little, great. little monster? It is, and like I'm saying, there's really no tie. Bookmark this. I'm gonna read this in, uh, when it gets to Marvel DCU. It it's outstanding, but in the DCU Marvel U. So Sleepwalker you know I mean? eventually finds Rick Sheridan, but as is the the caveat with the Infinity Wars, he's bonded to another, and the man's name is Rick Fury. <laughs> Rick Fury, agent of sleep. <laughs> Secu security level extreme elimination protocol. I missed who wrote it. I know you said it's not good. Chad Bowers it? and Chris Sims. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. it's it's wonderful. There's ties to the secret defenders in here. The Thunderbolts show up, but it's not the Thunderbolts that 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 we're familiar with. This is Janice Jones, the Beetle, uh, Mel Melissa Morley, Poltergeist. And there's a member of the Thunderbolts called Bullseye with S-A-I at the yeah. end. Guess. Bullseye and Electra. Yes. Yes. It is so freaking cool, right? Um, I just devoured this thing. It's, it's geeky fun. Conceptually, Thunder, um, Sleepwalker comes to a place called the Whirlpool on his journey to the, the, the Soul Stone. And it's, it's within the Reality Stone. So he's looking around, and there's millions of long boxes around him. And he, he looks in a long box, and he sees a magazine with himself on the cover. And he's like, what the hell is this? Uh, is This must be a higher mindscape. And he turns, and there's a, a character called the Archivist, which is a chronicler of the multiverse, looking very bored at a desk. She's a, a comic book salesman and she gives him a copy of infinity wars and she's like try this i can get you in on the tie-ins if you need them <laughs> so it's 
there's a there's a meta aspect to this thing. There, there's a, a a page where the the uh, man thing thing thum is sucked <laughs> into this vortex with um, sleepwalker, and you see Kill Raven, and uh, it, it's just thousands of comic book covers pulled down into this vortex. This is just it's so much fun. And it's wonderful. The trade collects the four-issue Sleepwalker miniseries. It also, for the uninitiated, gives you the first issue of Sleepwalker's series, which was written by Bob Budiansky. Yes. And you can't honor you can't utter that name without genuflecting in honor of his work with the Transformers. For sure. Because if it wasn't for Budiansky, yep. Transformers would be a shadow. Of, of their former selves. Um, and it's drawn by David. Oh, um, the, the first issue? Brett, yeah. Brett Blevins. Brett Blevins. And this is a, holy shit, I have a deadline, Brett Blevins. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, uh, holy shit, I have a deadline, it's Brett Blevins still is good, still, Brett good. Blevins. still good. Still um, good. And, of course, the female form is wonderfully rendered by mr blevins but that's not saying anything we didn't already know it's just a 15.99 cover price i got it for half that because i'm smart enough to uh use dcbservice.com well worth your time and and, and energy it was just Mm -hmm. a glorious Mm -hmm. experience wordy as a bitch though there is exposition everywhere just constant characters just constantly just alerting others to what's painfully obvious in the panel. Uh, it's old school, but it's it's mm-hmm. just a wonderful experience. Check it out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I also we talked about it when it came out, but people should check out the uh, toys that made us the Netflix documentary that they they did uh, on Transformers because they uh, they have Budiansky on there and he, he they recreate the uh, the scene of of him being given. The uh, the task of writing all the Transformers bios. Yep, and I will go as far as to say that this Sleepwalker mini is the best thing to come out of Infinity Wars. Really low bar, but that's cool. No, mm-hmm. I I I liked the main series, um, but it's nothing compared to the it, it, as far as old school comic book goodness. The mm-hmm. the thing that that flips our triggers, Sleepwalker has it way over. Infinity nice. Wars, yeah, yeah, and you can read it without reading anything else, because the events of Infinity Wars are thankfully summed up within the pages. Boom. Yep. What else do we have? Unless you want to back the bus into the parking spot. I mean, I'm good either way. I, I don't think anything else is. The, well, I I was curious, Dap, if if you uh, well not if, but what you thought of Daredevil one and two. Hmm. I'm. I so <laughs> want to say that they're pretty, but I've definitely seen better Marco Cicchetto, and I think. That has to do with the colors. I definitely because agree. Because I love Chichetto when Rock and Roll Punisher. 
I love Chichetto on Old Man Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, the work he's done on the Star Wars books is stunning. There's very little that makes me think this is fire. But for whatever reason, the colors Sonny Go is 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 putting on this Daredevil. It's just not working for me. And it's well, weird it's because there was no. something else. There's something else that Sonny had, had colored recently that oh I think his um he's he's coloring you on on Coates's uh Captain America and it looks good. It's it's I have mm-hmm. no problem with it. But for I don't I don't know if Chichetto is just not giving him enough to work with or overcompensate. I don't know what's going on, but it does mm-hmm. not it as far as the story, um I don't know. It's it's a bit of a slow burn. You know, I whatever issues I have with Darcy aside, it it's it, it, it there's that hurdle I have to get over starting it. And and uh, yeah, Wilson Fisk is the mayor and and obviously right off the bat there's going to be the 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 conflict between him and Matt, um, it's I have no idea how Soul's theories ended. So whatever, life it was all a dream. Okay, great. So, um, what I don't even want. Yeah, I, yeah. you didn't know that? But no, that's no, that's all right. So, so he got hit by uh, a vehicle trying mm, to save somebody, mm, and was in a was in a coma in a hospital bed all that time. Mm, no, that's why he's all banged up at this book. So, he's not so the ten figure, ten ten figure man is is was in his head. It's all a dream, dude. Straight I, dynasty, I, that Dallas. But Dallas. I, uh, you know, something okay, like that I, would put me I, off Charles Sewell forever. Thank oh, you. Geez. Yeah, but um, <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> I got to tell you guys a story about about Dallas and, and my barber, but we, um, but, but no, it's, it's, good. it's, it's crazy. I, it's, it's one of those, but at any event, um, I, I read the two issues. I like the, um, I like the detective from Chicago who's, who's, you know, no nonsense and, and wants to get to, um, you know, Zdarsky's got some things that, that, that I'm interested in finding out, more about um mm-hmm. the fact that marco is 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 drawing it is a huge selling feature for me it's it's if anybody else was drawing this i probably well, within reason i probably would not be bothering with it um i've i've walked away from daredevil in the past soul shadowland things like that so i have no mm-hmm. problem with with you know letting daredevil reset and i'll come back to you later but um i if faint praise or whatever, I don't hate it, but I, it, it, I guess it's kind of what, what maybe I expect. I just, I mean, based on, on how I feel about chip to begin with, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, it's, but I don't, I don't know how I'm feeling Matt right now. He's, he's, he's got something to prove and he's, you know, he's not, he's not listening to reason. I just, I don't, I'm, I'm going to let it, get its bearings and and then you know maybe we'll see what happens after the first arc but i'm i'm along with it for now okay yeah i was out okay two and done for me all right no that's fine and that's and that's i mean it's 
the, the cliffhanger was pretty interesting. I mean, we know it wasn't, it, it's, I don't know. I'll, I may, you know, I, I may just read the third issue and then be ready to tap out, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll see where we're going. I know that you guys definitely rode with them, rode with Chip longer than I did on, on Marvel two and one. So it, it's not that, you know, it's not, it may not be a him thing. It may just be the character or what he's doing with it, but, um, well, we'll see. Yeah. I'm a little torn. Um, it, it has all the ingredients that I I think every good Daredevil story should have. The undercurrents of religion, you know, the the um, the self doubt upon Matt, and the you know the just the way he he second and third guesses himself and beats himself up. It's the Christian guilt thing. Yep, yep. But. Uh, I and I I really like Chichetto's work, but I don't think I need to read another ultra realistic Daredevil story. You know, like yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Yep. G- give me Paulo Rivera and Marcos Martin, right? With Wade's run with the character was brilliant in that yep. it, it looked all happy and shiny and. Uh, you know, carefree on the surface, but it had that undercurrent of darkness that he pulled through the whole series, which is hard to do when you guys, when you got guys like well, way, like uh, Rivera and, and Martine drawing it, who are, uh, I don't want to call, I, I don't know if this is doing them a disservice, but their work is lighter than Chichero's. Sure. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely, it, it gives it a more, there's definitely more fun vibe. Right. It's more stylized. Right. right. I, and, and I keep going back to that very first issue that Wade worked on when he barges into the mob wedding and to, to, oh, to fight God. the spot. And he takes a second to lean the bride over and just yes. plant one right on it. Like yep. that's the kind of daredevil I want to read. I, I don't really think I need to, to go back into the darkness with, Murdoch, because we've been there so many damn times. We have, we have. I mean, when you think, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, so, so you mentioned that the artists that work with Raiders, and then, and then you have Somni later on. But, I mean, Weeks was trying to kind of do Ramita, but also borrowed from from that Mazzucchelli more open sure. airness. Um, Miller was was gritty, but yeah, I, I think Daredevil, especially with with that attitude, you know, you don't. There's there's enough going. If if I wanted to read, like I can just read Batman. It, this Daredevil is 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 the most Batman Daredevil has ever felt to me, and and it's it's not. It's not necessarily a compliment. It's it's yeah. I, right. And and you know, I mean, I I heard it was like with one hand you giveth, and, and I mean, oh, Chichetto's going to draw Daredevil, and I saw who the writer was, and I was like, why has God forsaken me? But it, it's it's like it's there's just. It's not horrible. I think it's- No, it's not. And any any Chichetto I can get, you know, I'm happy to see. But maybe you know, but but not everybody is like like Chichetto on cap, I think would be neat. But but yeah, sure. Daredevil or even Spidey, it's like it's they're just some characters that I don't think because of his style, because he draws beautiful women, because he draws some some, you know, really aggressive looking men, it's it's I mean, if it was gonna be like if he was telling a story from Tombstone's perspective uh, against Spider-Man, then you know, then that would probably look pretty awesome. But I, like I said it's it's Daredevil, so it's it's hard for me to 
to completely write it off. And and so, so there's there's enough there where it's kind of pulling at me, but it it wouldn't it probably wouldn't take much for me to go. Okay, you know, I'll 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 come back later. So I mean, I might be with you guys next month, but we'll we'll see. It was kind of nice to see a mer- a woman emerge from a bed that she had shared with a man having to put a bra on. You know what I mean? Because yeah. in, yeah. in most comics, how, how many times have you ever seen a woman get out of bed and she's got her underwear on? Right? Yeah. It's like that's not how people do it. Right. You, you yes. know, like, yeah. But, it, it, I mean, so it's a very realistic depiction of, of Daredevil's world where I like my Daredevil to be a little more in the Spider-Man side of things, not so right. much the Moon Knight side. Yes. You, you know, yes, when yes, it gets yes. too right. too dark and depressing – it, those are roads we've been down many, many, many yeah. times before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, makes me wish that Wade kind of stayed on the book. But I mean, he said everything he, he I guess, yes, he wanted it, to say. It, I mean, it'd be like if he was still writing Flash. It's like there's only so much you can, you know, when you're, and that's what you want. You want somebody to go when, when they're at the top. You want to keep having them out. You, you want to wish you were still writing it as opposed to man, I wish you would have left a while ago. Yeah. So I mean Rivera, um, Martin and Somni, that's a dream <sighs> team. I still I you know what I well we're not going to heroes this year, but you know, if yeah I, it it's not necessarily a major regret, but I I do I do still want that that their double artist edition. Well, we're not going to Heroes, but who's to say it's not going to be at C2E2? Yeah, but I'm not, I don't know if I'm coming home with that. That's I don't know if I want that taking up space in my in my in, in my suitcase. But yeah, no, it's it's Jason. Still... Did you <laughs> yes. did you did you notice there's always an excuse why he can't buy that? Seriously? Like what's gonna, the deal? Oh my god. Wow. I mean, I would play along, except you're the worst at that. Thank you. What are you talking Mr. about? Mr. Vinyl? Oh I, God, I'm, it, I'm like very particular. Teeth. Very particular. About <laughs> oh, now I'm particular. Me, well, I haven't even been doing the show for 11 years, and presuming you weren't lying to us about your previous order, that'll be the first vinyl you've bought since we started the show. <laughs> that you know of. Oh, well, no. I ask you all the time, so unless you're lying to me, and I don't know why you'd lie to me about vinyl, but. I buy vinyl from. I see. The, my sources are, are not. I can't talk about some of them, but I mean, I. <laughs> I buy from Lulu oh, yeah, Bell all the time. Are going to just snipe all that vinyl for me? Well, I can't risk it. Can't risk it. Uh, yeah, I, I I continually buy vinyl, not at the the quantity that I used to, because now it's ridiculous. The prices are just insane for vinyl. But anyway, be that Pretty. as it may, lies. So it's not. It's not lies. All right. Hey, everybody. Ooh, thank you for being here with us. If you would like to get inexpensive comics, you know there's only really one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get delivered right to your door. Write these down. Avengers, trade paperback, no road home from Marvel. It was a lousy $14.99. Batman, last night on Earth. Snyder and Capullo back again, two ninety nine cover price. That's fifty percent off the five ninety nine. And um, from Kevin Eastman Studios, drawing blood, spilled ink number one of four will cost you two dollars and nineteen cents. Get this now. Um, in your travels, this is another something uh, 
relatively old. It was written by Marv Wolfman, illustrated by Murphy Anderson, Gray Morrow, mm. Gray Morrow, Joe Orlando, and Sal Amendola. It was originally published by DC, but this is a Dark Horse book. Dark Horse got the rights somewhere along the line, had them, and uh, gave them up again. Uh, DC published this in 1972, 1973 in the pages of Joe Kubert's Tarzan and uh, an anthology book that they published called Weird World. It's Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter of Mars. Trade paperback from uh, Dark Horse. I won't go deep into it because it's, it's your, in your travels, but um, it's a pretty faithful adaptation of, um, well, two Mars books. Uh, Princess of Mars and Gods of Mars, but the narrative kind of jumps pretty quickly because these were eight and twelve page backups, and uh, Wolfman didn't have a lot of room to really explore Barsoom and all of the things uh, Burroughs touched upon in the books. But what it does very successfully is that it illustrates the relationship between John Carter and Tars Tarkas who is one of the green men of Mars. And uh, it's pretty phenomenal stuff. You know me. I'm a Gray Morrow mark. I absolutely adore anything that Gray Morrow did. But for my money, it's a tour de force of Murphy Anderson. Just He just destroyed um, John Carter. It is so beautiful. You want to just eat it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, great, great stuff. And... Um, Everybody's here. You know, Dejah Thoris is here. Um, the, do you guys see the John Carter movie? Uh-huh. Well, um, the wool is here. The, you know, the plant men and the bants. And it's, it's, it's strictly by the book, Barsoom. But that's not a bad thing. You know, the, the mythology that uh, Burroughs created is, is one of my favorite anywhere. And uh, this is this was one of those things that just I read to lull myself to sleep because if I'm going to go into the dreamland with visions of uh, John Carter and Dejah Thoris running around in my head, that's going to be a good night's sleep. Yep, yep. So check this out. It's 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 inexpensive. Um, let's see. Fourteen ninety nine. Can't beat it. And it's it's about a hundred and hundred and fifty pages. And it's all classic, the way it should be done, um, comic art. Mm-hmm. What more can I say? Highest praise possible. It's it's the the gravy. Ah, in your travels, um, I won't go deep on this. It was weird. I, I my my first read through, and I thought it was, I thought it was going to be something different Hmm. um i'm not sure if i'm enjoying all the funny haha moments but basically i'm talking about cosmic ghostwriter destroys marvel history Mm, don't go go too deep what happened don't go no no i I won't um it's written by paul shear and uh nick giovanetti um paul shear is is an actor that um he's been in the league and and oh yeah Yes, yeah, so, so so you're you're familiar with him. Uh, he he'll he tends to do the the talking head pieces on um, 
whenever you know pop culture is referenced, things like that. Uh, Gerardo Sandoval is your penciler. Victor Nava does inks, and Antonio Fabella is your colorist. Who, of course, um, I believe did the previous Cosmic Ghost Rider miniseries. But um, this is Frank Castle, the 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 current Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, telling. His son, Francis, who is a very young, toddler-esque boy, um, <laughs> stories, because this is, well, no, I, I don't want to ruin it for Vince. It, there's, um, he's, he's going to, he does tell Francis who he is, and then he proceeds to tell him various stories that um, may or may not have happened in Marvel Universe history, like when the Fantastic Four first met Galactus and the trial of Reed Richards, and when the Fantastic Four consisted of the Hulk and Wolverine and Spider-Man and Ghost Rider, and how Cosmic Ghost Rider took the present day Danny Ketch Ghost Rider's place on that team, and um, Is Frank crying? There's no, there's no crying. Uh, there's no crying in a what is Punisher comic. Um, it's it's a it, I the art is. I mean, Sandoval's doing his best image era work here, and and it it's. I don't I don't quite know if it's all that fitting, especially when Uatu shows up. It it's. I think I think the art might be my my biggest hurdle to get over i'm 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 cool with you know poking fun and and this deranged demented frank castle telling the stories from from this particular perspective um but i don't know if the art really fits that but um you know it's it's my hurdle to to jump over i it's 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 on my pull list for now at the comic shop so yeah um I'm in for at least three issues and, and four by the time I finish this this current order, but um, it's what I think it's a five issue mini anyway. But no, I, it's I, I enjoyed the 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 quirkiness of it. I enjoyed the humor of it. Um, I like when we can kind of tell stories based on on the history of. I I think it was mostly the setting when it's like it's not like it's not like Cosmic Ghost Rider just cruising through the cosmos and, and, and it ends up at a bar telling someone, you know, some, some, some tall tales. This is Frank going back in time to before his family was killed and telling his son, um, these stories that wouldn't happen until his son's future. So it's, I think the, the, the placement is, not off-putting, but just is 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 where I'm kind of uneasy with it. But um, I think I I think it's a neat idea. I, I do the concept, which is why I wanted to read it. Um, so if if you're not um, if you don't dig your heels in with continuity and and think that you know nothing can ever stray, and regardless of, of how crazy Cosmic Ghost Rider is, that you know whatever he's saying is obvi- it's it's obviously bullshit. But um, if you can kind of you know unclench a bit i think you'll dig this and and uh i did it it's you know the little things little quirks i i have with it um are minor and may only apply to me so i think um 
I, I would definitely recommend it. If, if you're an old Marvel head, uh, I would check it out. If you've enjoyed Cosmic Ghost Rider, I would check it out. Um, well, and I the- guess if you're a Paul Shear fan, you should check it out. But yeah, go for it. That's the only people that are going to get all these references. Is people that, that right? Have been- but those, but but you, but you, you're you're not you. you there's there's a you kind of have to be careful because some of those people may not be cool with you making fun of what kept them around for so long. Oh, really? Who are like those you're gonna people? like like you're gonna you're gonna be Smirch, the Simonson Adams two issue Fantastic Four series? Are you kidding me? You know, so it's you just you just you have to be. As long as as you're fine with poking fun at things, if you don't take yourself too seriously, since it's all just comic books after all, then then I think I think you'll dig it. But yeah, it's it's just just enjoy it for what it is. Look but at the tukas on Susie. Is it really <laughs> Susie though? But yeah, I know, I know. It's it's. I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if the art fits the story, but but I'm 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 okay with uh, with what they're doing. Yeah, I like the art. I'm there you surprised. go. Yeah. Got this coming on my next box. Nice. Hoop day it is. Uh, okay. Uh, in your travels, we have um, become internet friends in the last, I don't know, year or so with uh, Mr. Joe Mulvey. Yes. And he and his writing partner, Rich Duick, uh did a Kickstarter back in January for the first issue of this series, and it was successful. It was, I think, 4 or 5X funded. Um, and Joe was kind enough to send a review copy my way. It is from Comics Tribe. It is called The Wailing Blade, number one of four. Uh, and it is now being solicited in previews this month. So on DCBS, you can look on page 306 of previews. Or search for Welling Blade in the uh, the DCBS uh, website or app, and uh, it's pretty groovy, man. Like it, uh, it's a it's a sci-fi story um, where there is a um, uh, a nefarious leader, as as often is the case, a bit of a uh, a tyrant, and he enforces his will to the people with a group of executioners, uh, and uh, the baddest of said executioners is a guy named the Head Taker who is the uh, antagonist and star of the book. He, he looks visually a lot like um, Death's Head from the old uh, Marvel UK days. Uh, and he is the wielder of the titular Wailing Blade, which is this gigantic technology blade. It's a giant sword that's got all kinds of tech built into it. Uh, looks not too dissimilar from something you might see in a Final Fantasy yep. video game or something that uh, I, these days it's also, the way that they draw the uh, the uh, magic's uh, magic soul sword Marvel, I think uh, Chris uh, Bacello was the first to do that, but seems to have stuck. But either way, it's this gigantic sword that's almost, in fact, larger than than uh, than the head taker himself. But but um, and it's called the Wailing Blade because when he slices it, it makes a screaming wailing sound. But uh, but the first issue introduces us to this world, the setting, um, and essentially the head taker is on a quest to take down Tycon, who was a, a prince of sorts, like a, like a, you know, prince of the rebellion. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it, it was, I think, well executed and looked good. And 
it's the first time I've ever seen sequentials from Joe. So um, I have to say, I thought he did a really nice job. And uh, you can check this out. It's, I think, in stores in May. So, uh, yeah, from Comics Tribe, Wailing Blade. Nice. And as you said, it's listed in this month's previews. Indeed it is. Yep. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. If you would like to get in on the EOC extracurricular activities, we are on the Facebooks. We have a Facebook group, which is uh, densely populated and always jumping. Uh, we're on the Twitters. And if you would be so kind to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. We'd love to have you. In the meantime, let's get this down. Signight. <clears throat> David. Ooh. Night. David. Hmm. That one was close. Yeah, I might have let it linger for you. Just a couple of milliseconds. Too much. But that's okay. Too much. It's a gimme. We'll give you a gimme. I'm here for you. I know. Hey, everybody. Thank you. We're out of here, and these two mooks are going to say bye. Later, y'all. Bye. See you in two and two.